0: You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck.
1: It's the multiverse. Extra timelines. Variant cells. Despotic tyrants from other dimensions. Well, it can all be quite confusing, but we at Imagine If are here to be your guides. Every week, we give you the deep dive on all the new characters showing up on the small and big screen. Then, we also show you the alternate realities we create with the stories you already know about. And don't forget, we catch you up on all the new comic books coming out that week so you don't get left behind. Tune in every Wednesday on your podcatcher for Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network. And always remember to Geek Out! Welcome everybody to We Have Issues, Geekly Media show that's about everything literary. Books, comic books, webcomics, manga, and everything else you might be reading. We're here to talk about it. As always, I'm your host, Keith, and I'm joined by my starward sidekick who's always at my side, sway
2: I kept saying, hi, I'm sway to the Wonder Girl, Wonder Girl cover.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am very smitten by her. <laughs> like, she's just perfect. We'll talk about her in a bit. Uh, definitely so. Uh, As you guys know, we're here to talk about comic books as they come out every week. And we have quite a few to talk about this week, but we always start with a little bit of news. And I have some really, really great news for some things here. Uh, First of all, some people have watched Shang-Chi already. Oh, man. Because it's debuted. Yes. And the one thing, besides the fact that they absolutely love it, the one thing that everybody keeps saying is... Do not miss the credit scene.
2: Oh damn! I mean, like you sh- at this point, it's like you should. It's like a staple thing, to just stay till the end. But okay, like the one implied like that, and especially with this one, I'm. It's actually not coming to me. Like if it's that heavy for Shang Chi, oh boy. Yeah,
1: there's uh, there's apparently a mid credit scene <laughs> and a post credit scene. Yes. So that's cool. So that can give them a chance to do something funny with one of them. Oh, for sure. It's always one. It's always gonna be a little goof, and then do a big reveal with the others.
2: So yeah, like a little. It's it's always like a little tag, and then and then like for sure, like a little bridge. Yeah.
1: Also, along with this, I just want to encourage everybody: if you are able to, if you feel safe, go watch Shang Chi in the theaters. I know I'm like really tempted. This enough because it's not available for streaming. Mm -hmm. This is their test for how, theater, how movies should go from here. And if it doesn't do well, then certain people can point at it and be like, look, see, Asian characters don't sell movies.
2: Uh, yeah, no, I have to go. Yeah, so we
1: are going. Well, you have to go because we're going to be making a special appearance. <laughs> I know, I know. But this movie. <laughs>
3: so,
2: so we'll talk about that later on. Uh, so, and, and I'm also really stoked for it because... Um, we love cosmonaut Marcus, but god damn, dude, his hot takes sometimes are really spicy and really, really hot takes. Um, I just saw his <laughs> non-spoiler. I just saw his non-spoiler tweet, and I was like, you know. What? And then I, I actually agree—not that I agree with it because I haven't seen it, but it gave me hopes.
1: What did he say? I didn't see it.
2: Um, it's Shang Chi is basically a Tekken movie, and not in a bad way. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm in. Nice. All right, and then
1: so um. My next bit of news is nothing to do with books, comic books web <laughs> comics, manga, or anything else. But fuck you, I'm talking about it. <laughs> Reservation Dogs has been renewed for season two.
2: Oh god, yes. <laughs> oh god, I haven't seen the new, the latest episode, but oh baby, have yeah. Yet. But oh god, it's just been so good, yeah. and it's just been so like it's. it's I want to savor this one because it's it's just been really sad that they're basically just rushing and pumping out Brooklyn 99. Because it is trying to, to convey a message there and they're just trying to sweep it away as quickly as possible with two episodes a week and 10 episodes a se- uh, for the last season. And it's just, it's really, you can just tell they're really trying to play this one really, really fast. And now the reservation dogs that is it, also speaking volumes in their own show. It's so uh, people should definitely watch this one. It's incredible. It's my, it's one of my favorite
1: shows right now. It's probably my favorite show going right now.
2: I think so too. I definitely want to agree. Yeah.
1: And Devery Jacobs has my heart. Uh, the girl that plays Alora Dannon. Uh-huh. I should be clear, guys. She's 26 years old in real life. I've seen her in a lot of other stuff. They just <laughs> did a really good job of making her look 17 for some reason. Like, it's weird. But she was in uh, American Gods. And I thought she was 28, but yeah, no, she's definitely... Oh, 20, so it's 27, 28, something like that. She's older. So I'm not being a creep. I'm not talking about the teenage <laughs> girl. But um, she was so great in American Gods. And she played one of my favorite Characters in American Gods, mm-hmm. and from what I understand, I believe is Neil Gaiman. That's like, well, she's going to play that part. Oh no! Like he straight up said, that's her part, and so there was really no like choice there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, um, but yeah, uh, it was really cool. And for, oh, for those who are curious, uh, she played uh, Sam Blackcrow, who is also oh. an indigenous character, and she identifies as quote two spirited Mm -hmm. Uh, so and it's 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 a queer representation is what it is but it done in kind of like folding in her native beliefs and the whole story is about native or about about religion about belief so she played really well into it and honestly before I ever saw her when I read the book I fell in love with this character so (laughs) yeah just and Devery Jacobs is amazing so yes watch the show it's credible so (laughs) we just had to talk about it because I know both of us fucking love it oh hell yes all right but that brings us to the last bit of news. And it's big news here. In October, we are going to get another DC fandom. Yes. Um, we personally were underwhelmed by the last one. Uh,
2: yeah. Oh, yes. I don't care about the Suicide Squad game. <laughs> like, uh, <you> know? <laughs> uh, Okay, honestly, I mean, as much as I, I, I'm pretty okay with them now, um, I do love that game's representation of King Shark. I, lo- I love the way he looked.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, here's
1: here's things we can expect there. Aquaman, King of Atlantis, which is a three part animated HBO HBO Max miniseries. Cool. Um, so
2: it's produced by
1: James Wan. Ah, oh, cool. So,
2: <laughs> so he'll kind of get a sequel.
1: Yeah. We'll also get some details about the Aquaman single uh, sequel, Aquaman of the Lost Kingdom. Cool. So we'll get some. We'll get updates on that. Um, we'll get some updates on the Batman, right? An we actual got a trailer for last year, and we still haven't seen the movie. So, <laughs> uh, also, HBO Max has a new animated series called Batman Caped Crusader, hmm. which is going to be created by Bruce Timm, who made Batman the Animated Series. Ooh. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, they're going to talk about the books, the comic books, Batman Fear State. We're going to talk about that later tonight. Okay. Uh, we're gonna talk. About, they're gonna talk about the Batman Fortnite one shot. <laughs> okay, that's already wasting more time talking about it than I should have. Um, <laughs> the Batwheels, which is going to be a preschool-oriented HBO Max original animated series about a young group of sentient superpowered vehicles to fight crime in Gotham. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, updates on, of course, the CW shows, including Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Uh, update on Black Adam. Yes. Um, update on the Black Manta comic that's coming. Okay. I'm excited because it's written by Chuck Brown.
2: Yeah, and I saw a variant with uh, by Sanford Green. I for a second I thought it was like something Bitterroot because <laughs> yeah. like every, like the cover just looks like kind of the people in Bitterroot in their armor and just ready to go fight. But it's just it's something Black Manta. It's a cool variant. Everybody check it out. Yeah. There's a lot going to be there. Just to give you an example, I'm only in the D's.
1: Okay. So we're going to stop there. I would be all day <laughs> reading this shit. But the one that I didn't want to mention is we are getting an HBO Max television miniseries based on the DMZ, the old Vertigo book.
2: Oh, damn. Cool.
1: And it's going to star Rosario Dawson. Oh, my God. I'm already in love. <laughs> and it's executive produced by Ava Davernay. Whew. Or Ava Davernay. Ava Davernay. Davernay. Blah, 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 blah. All-stars Benjamin Bratt. Um, bunch of people I don't know the names of so yep and then just updates about all the other stuff they do you know they do so much stuff so it's, it's a lot I think for sure like
2: also a Shazam update might be also another tra- a trailer an actual trailer for most me.
1: likely yeah Um, but yeah so a lot going on well we're probably gonna do a live I might just take over the Geek Elite media Instagram or <laughs> Facebook or yeah, social media in general that day and just take, o- take over do everything so yeah it actually,
2: I'm actually excited for it at this time.
1: Yeah. um Any news from you, Josue?
2: Um, no. The one I had it back in back of my head was the DC fandom. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty exciting. We'll see. It's just like the, the 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 fact that like we got like this like pretty sweet list, and then nothing was really deconfirmed, like, if you will. And it's like, all right, cool. I can actually be stoked for all this.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So.
2: Alright, so we're going to go straight into our comic books Yes!
1: And I'm excited, it's a big stack this week And um, There's a lot a lot of finales Yeah So that might be the theme this week You <laughs> know me, I'm always looking for themes uh, So Let's get it started, not with a bang But a boom, and we're talking about Boom Studios And their comic books we have four books, and both of us got all four. Josue? Yes. We're going to start with We Only Find Them When They're Dead, number eight. Mm-hmm. Written by Al Ewing, drawn by Simone de colors colors by Maria Miotti, and letter by Anworld. This book is so good. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, Absolutely yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Um, and we say that every time. You know, it's Simone de Mayo. The art is just incredible. Uh, and we talked about how this new arc. I, at least I said this new arc really feels—it's clicking with me more than the first arc because it feels way more grounded. Oh, for sure. And I like—I like that we're getting like a political struggle. The first arc was trying really hard not to tell us anything. Yeah. And this one's not holding back nearly as much. So I think it's—it's it's, you know leading to more of a like a, a, a clear idea of what's going on. I'm really digging this book, and I like. I like the characters quite a bit i like that there's this real struggle going on like a real political struggle between the two groups and in this one we get to see a little bit of a background of our new main character essentially and we know where she came from and stuff which is really cool coming from that privileged background
2: and such so uh what do you think i honestly i mean like it's just like <sighs> There's really not much like to say like with spoilers, but at the same time, there's really not much that like, we can just like step on the review. It's just except for just like if you know, you know, because like there's just so much going on. Again, like you like you said, like the the, the political stuff. So you kind of we only want to start really seeing who's really playing what, um, who's really playing a uh, the, the role here and like and what's really happening. Uh, but yeah, like, I sorry. One thing that, that that I did like about this issue in particular was that we did we got the the title card, like hella late in the issue and it usually kind of happens like around the beginning
0: mm-hmm.
2: like some cool some kind of like cold open happens and then boom we only find them when they're dead but this one it took a while for for, for us to kind of roll with the characters and i kind of like those long cold opens so i think that's that's kind of what it got it what it had going for me uh for this issue and then now we're kind of reaching like the end of this arc so i kind of want to see like what will be like the big holy shit factor for this one like if do they really run off with the with the with the god with the with malik's god but at the same time i i like i like that sorry we do get one reveal on like who really is or what really is that the god that we have left over here and yeah. i was like all right cool but i want to believe more than that you know but at the same time we're like, holy yeah. shit am i starting to believe it, to, it in some sort of the gods like oh shit am i not am i not a nihilist oh bad josue <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, just, uh, it's great it's beautiful and We've talked about in the past, it's one of those books that you kind of need the whole arc. Yes. Oh, observe. for sure. Like, like trade, I, tr- I, I honestly don't blame anybody who's trade waiting for this book. It's like, it's a really sweet one. It's going to be one of those like, sweet collectibles, but it's a much better trade weight uh, read. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to our next book
1: Basilisk, number four. Yes. Yes, I did catch up on this book. Cool. Um, written by Cullen Bunn, drawn by Jonas Scharf. And there we go. Sorry, I lost my page. Um, yeah, drawn by Jonas Scharf and colored by Alex Gumaras and letter by Ed Dukeshire. Uh man, this is, this is a really interesting book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of funny how we're like, we're re- we read two books this week that have a specific concept as a very dread thing at the end. And that's yes. the concept is a chimera.
2: Oh, I thought you meant that they're both written by Colin Bunn. <laughs> no, no, no,
1: no. Like, like in this one, it says, so that we might awaken the chimera. We're going to talk about that in about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. No, you're right. I got, it. I get it now. So, but um, I really dug this. And I like how smart her plan was. Yes. Like, and, you know, knowing that she has to, you know, watch every sense that she has and everything. And I thought it was really cool. Also. I almost picked the variant cover, but Mm-mm. I'm not skipping that rune tattoo.
2: Uh, uh-uh. I've been waiting for this cover. <laughs> it's so sick looking. So, and especially because I've liked this character from the beginning, or at least like since we actually started to really like roll with him. And it's like, fuck, this could have been almost like a three on three battle for like the next issue, or I guess like three on against like a legion. But having this guy on this side would have been a much, uh, <laughs> much of a help. And God, her rage just got the better, the best of her, and was like that. It hurt, but at the same time, it's like it was just—it's just justified because they were monsters. But fuck, I just didn't want—I didn't didn't. Okay, spoilers. <laughs> let's move on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> bad thing happened. <laughs> yeah,
2: bad thing happened. No nose.
1: <laughs> All right, let's talk about Magic:
2: The Gathering number six. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll show it again. Yes,
2: Walker. you come here. It was it was a, a Ashiok uh, variant this week. I'm definitely going to go back and get it. Oh. We, we have that Planeswalker card, and it's just like, it's just, she's so badass. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. Keith.
1: Of course.
0: <laughs> <Thank> you, <Keith.
2: laughs> and that was such his appearance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Written by Jed McKay. Uh, art by uh, French Column Magno with Francesco Sagala and Iguara with Ariana Consoni. And letter by Ed Dukeshire. So, this one completely follows Jaya Bollard. Um, basically, from her young age in Nomenaria through the Ice Age and stuff. And basically, setting up the big bad that's been like looming over us the entire time, which is this god that was buried underneath the ice. And the Ice Age is over, and the ice is slowly melting, and eventually the god will be released. I thought this was done really well. I thought the release of the god was built to really cool and well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she had the. She had like the, the the mini boss that she had to fight the entire time, and not, um, you know, she she's th- thinking that's the threat most of the time and stuff, and they're slowly like fighting each other for years, not realizing that's not even the real threat. I thought yeah. that was really cool. Oh, for sure. One of my favorite things about this one is there are so many, like if you're if you're a magic fan, there's so many little dumb references. Oh yeah. Like this one specifically mentioned the Lurgoifs. Mm-hmm. I love the Lurgoifs. <laughs> so, do you remember Lurgoif? That's probably a little bit before my time. Okay. It's it's. I think I think it's still around but not often. Um so Lurgoif was a card it was just called Lurgoif. And its power and toughness are equal to the number of creatures in all graveyards. No, its power is equal to creatures in graveyards. Its power is equal to all creatures in graveyards plus 1. So
2: it oh, nice.
0: all Oh, uh,
1: I think I have a
2: card almost just exactly like that but it's a black card.
1: So it inspired a series or a bunch of cards, which creature type is Lurgoif. Okay. And it's actually the type of my one super competitive deck that I can always take anybody out with if I want to. It's based around a Lurgoif, which is the Terravor, whose power and toughness is equal all lands and graveyards. Ooh. So It's a land destruction deck. You yeah. never get anything out, and then I drop 12, 12 trample. <laughs> yeah, I oh shit. How many mana? So it's it's brutal, absolutely brutal. But I always love the It's always one of my favorite get pits. So
2: it's a, my my dude is a skeleton zombie that it's a, it's in my milling deck. So he's uh he gets a, he gets stronger the more creatures there are in your in all graveyards, but my, I think mainly in your graveyard. But so they always also gets a plus one as well, and that's why it gets super cool. So I'm a i am I like those creatures too. Yeah, but I like that little
1: bit. But no, it's really cool. We're, we're starting to get it. I like that we didn't even meet or we didn't even see the main characters until the last two pages, basically. Yeah. It was just Jaya's story the entire time. And I thought that was pretty dope. Um, I also like that she told them the story, but then it transitioned to her telling the guild pact. Yes. So it wasn't like it was a really great storytelling method of being able to, like, she told the same story twice. We don't need to show it twice, we don't need to see the journey on the way back. Yep. It just happened, just, you know, I'm like, "That's cool. I really, really like that."
2: And, and that's oh shit, that, that's a really good point because, and what I liked about the whole thing about this issue is that it was a giant backstory, epic as fuck. But we got it was like a whole backstory on this character that, and like the way magic lore just moves is quick. Forward, and it really doesn't stop, and it almost doesn't really take a pause to go back until until it literally has to has to circle back around to like certain aspects or certain lore. So I like that this kind of meshed both things together. We got a bunch a, a cool backstory that, that that was needed, and then yeah, we rushed it, not necessarily rushed it, but yeah, we come back to to the guild pack and then explain it there. So kind of like I, I did just realizing this now, I really I just really like that about this issue.
1: Yeah, it's the kind of thing you appreciate because you don't notice it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, which I really really dug. So,
1: um, yeah, I think it's a really fun way to tell that story. Uh, next up. Oh, boy. Close off boom. <laughs> Not with a boom. No. <laughs> but with a tear. Yep. Um, the Many Deaths of Layla Star, number five. Fuck. Um, man, I'm sad to see this book go. Me too. It's, it's been an emotional <laughs> ride, more so than most books. Uh, written by Ramvi, illustrated by Felipe Andrade, with color assist by Inez Amaro, and lettered by End World Design. For those who haven't been paying attention.
0: This, this is one book, of the best books of the year. Yeah,
1: Yeah, <laughs> but this book is the one where death gets fired because there's a young man who's going to invent immortality she spends she's made a human and she spends her time trying to kill the young man so he doesn't invent it and she won't be useless anymore which alone is just kind of sad and yeah. Just like yeah but it goes through his life everything happening with him and this is the last one it's the end they are yeah they're just he's he's old he seems content in life after everything that happened to him. She goes to visit him, and it just ends in a very appropriate but emotional way. Yeah. Like,
2: like I'm, I'm going through the pages now as well, and just like it's just such an emo- a quick emotional journey. It's like, fuck, and it's like we're like I don't want to go through the spoilers. It's just, just like like the trade is just like probably like, just around the corner everybody who reads comics should be reading this book has to read this book it really is like honestly like i, I, I like i'm kind of not one of those about like oh it's all about the like it's not about the destination but the journey but it's like this is almost like the, de- the definition of this book and that's what makes me love it to just all this like to everything that is about comics it was just such a great book yeah I just i really loved it.
1: Um, it's been a year for stories of mortality. Yeah. And those are things that are easily appeal to me. I, I, it's the kind of thing that gets under my skin thinking about mortality and stuff. So it's been a really good year for that. And this one being such a creative idea and just being so stylistically beautiful and
2: insane and everything. Different. Every issue. Not just in every way from other books, but in itself, almost every issue was just had to be different from the last one that was told. And it just kept challenging itself. Yeah, it's just so good. And yeah,
1: I just really, really enjoyed it. It's it's, it's hard to really express anything more than it's just great. Mm -hmm. It's just a great book. Pick it up and trade. It's just you know wonderful so um yeah let's move on next we're going to talk about a book that neither Hosway nor myself managed to get a physical copy of so we are switching we're switching uh, publishers to Black Mask Studios now if you've been listening you know that we love Alice and Leatherland quite a bit yes I will tell you, I went to four comic book stores in the Phoenix
2: metro area, and I called several others, and no one had a copy of this book. I went to my usual two, and at that point, I was like, well, I don't want to waste the trip on the third usual store to go to, but it's usually the store that gets even the indies that the other big stores don't get. But at the same time, I was like, this is just weird that even books of pictures didn't get it, uh, and even at that point, Excalibur. So at that point, I called my fair share of, of the rest of town, and I was like, nobody had it. And it was like, what
0: the fuck happened?
2: Yeah. So Alice in the number
1: five. I don't like digital comics. Mm-hmm. I bought it on Comixology.
2: I appreciate you.
1: Because we needed to review it. It's too good. We've had way too much fun with this series. And it's the last issue. <laughs> like, <laughs> we needed to read it. So created by Yolanda Zanfardino and Elisa Romboli. Uh, written by Yolanda. Illustrated by Elisa, respectively. So. This was a great culmination of the story we've been reading. Yeah. And I think... And and that sounds really generic, but it's not. Um, I think we took these two characters and we kind of brought them full circle and back together. Yeah. like, And I really, really liked that. And i i like that they found they they had to find themselves you know what i mean like mm-hmm. really good love stories are about two people who find themselves before they find love the, the generic you know cheesy thing to say but they kind of had to find themselves you know what i mean like it really it's really the like way it had to happen with them because they really were starting off on two complete opposite spectrums alice was really reserved alice was very shy about sexual things alice yeah didn't speak up about what she felt. You know what I mean? Like, not not in the same way. You know what I mean? Whereas Robin was a very, very sexually, like, active person, but didn't get attached emotionally, and she intentionally avoided it. And, you know, when you got those two people, if we want them to end up together, which we did from the beginning, we were kind of like, we need them to kind of meet in the middle. Yeah. And they did. They did a really good job. Like, Alice does this really awesome uh, like makeover where she completely changes her look and looks great. Mm-hmm. And Robin starts to see how shallow all this like app dating is. You know what I mean? Like,
2: she's yes, that's exactly and, right.
1: Yeah. So, and I actually really love the fact that Alice found somebody at the beginning of this issue. Yeah. Someone that gave her everything she needed. Almost.
2: Almost yeah and even still describing that like there was like some hurting but like, it wasn't like in an abusive way it was just like in, in the beginning i I'll also I'll, I'll, I'll let you know like in the beginning i was like oh fuck, here we go again and how's she gonna paint it now because like and i'm reading it like the first scene was like oh they're adorable it's, like this i like it and then you get the you get the little fantasy like how it didn't work out but this one, this one was actually told in a much more mature fashion and like, you, you were talking about how like she was like very in the beginning she was very reserved but it's like I just hated how she would, she would handle them and then speak out about them in the almost lying way. Um, but the, but I loved how this last one was like, I wish we had more of them this one. So I could have just like taken her a little more serious, but all, all in all, like this issue was fantastic. And like, you're, you're so right about everything. I love the way everything was handled too. Yeah.
1: And the fact that it had to come down to Robin making a big romantic gesture. Yeah. Which is, which is Alice's language. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and so, and then Alice's response is to make a big sexy move. Which spicy. Is her, like, a spicy,
2: spicy move. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was pretty hot, actually. Um, and I just loved it. And I love that there's a happy ending. I love that we didn't have to taint the happy ending with anything. Yeah. Sometimes happy endings are just happy endings.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and I really, really like that. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. And being a male i can still i feel still feel like i relate to robin so much (laughs) like i'm like yeah i get it honey me too (laughs) so i love her and then also i've really loved this series but i did have one thing i wish was a little different and this isn't a complaint i think it's just due to the structure of the five issue series Mm -hmm. and i think you're going to agree with me when i say
2: this we didn't get nearly enough of alice's roommates the roommates yeah oh for sure (laughs) i i love that they're actually like in this final issue as well and in in an actual scene instead of just like some one-liners uh they're actually having a moment and then alice just has a crazy night (laughs) yeah so spin-off spin-off idea just
1: throwing that out there Oh, i would love it yeah (laughs) so but other than that love this book it was absolutely
2: great anything you wanted to add uh no it, it was just that like i'd all in all Alice was, was great in this in this issue and a very touching ending as well I I for sure enjoyed it
1: definitely absolutely great so glad we were able to get a hold of it <laughs> I will purchase a physical copy when I can fight
2: for the record oh no for sure I'm definitely gonna I'm get online, issue five as well so, yeah I guess like what I loved about Alice in Leatherland is that it felt like that friend I could just be like honest with like as much as like we love all the all the books and we just tend to like just like highlight them or it's like we don't really like hate all the books that we read but in this one just felt so like almost like personal i just like i love the the inclu- like the inc- inclusiveness of everybody or the representation of er- of everybody and so it just felt like almost appropriate where i can just be maybe like a little judgy towards there or just be honest with them how like i don't know it just, it just felt like, just very comfortable like just like reading this book so in the end i, I liked how how it ended really yeah, and I also just to
1: add on, I was kind of like, man, like they were in in the hate, uh, the hate district mm-hmm. during this for a festival, and I was like, oh, I want to go to that. Like, <laughs> I was just like, man, I miss I miss doing things. <laughs> yeah. So that was a lot of fun, and yeah, dude, like really a lot of fun. I'm just I, I I'm very excited because that book was really, really, really good, and we should be getting. And I'm just making sure I say this, and don't uh, speak incorrectly. Me, you, and me were talking about how we are probably going to get a new series uh, from Black Mask. Mm-hmm. From I believe is from Yolanda Zamperdino. Oh, that's right. Uh, Hecate's uh, what was it called? Hecate's Hecate's will, uh, which is the one we talked about. I think we talked about it last week, uh, but it's basically. A, a street artist deciding to retire and putting up a scavenger hunt through graffiti. And the art looks just like what we'd expect from Black Mask and cannot wait for that as well. So even if this one's over, we're going to get something very similar, I hope. so.
2: Just throw on Jet Set Revolution in the background while you're reading it.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. So, all right. That's enough of us uh, kissing the butts of the people from Black Mask. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from Black Mask, we're going to start with IDW. <laughs> Uh, so I only got one book from IDW this week and it's Star Wars, the High Republic adventures. Uh, number eight. One thing I really liked about this book is it kind of matured in like three issues really quickly. Um, so it was, it was very all ages and I still think it's very appropriate for all ages. I think everybody could read this. It's fine, but it's definitely dealing with some more mature themes. So written by Daniel Jose older art by Tony Bruno colors by Rebecca Nolte and letters by Jake wood. So, of course, this all started with two kids. One of them is force-sensitive, never told their friend. Their friend felt betrayed. They were never told. She gets taken away by the Jedi to get trained. He gets taken away by the Nahil, their enemies, and he's being trained. Well, there's a bit of a time pass, and you find out the kid that was taken by the bad guys has become, like, one of their soldiers and has been, like, pushed up in the ranks quickly, and he's, like, hunting people down and killing them and stuff like he's doing legit bad guy things and he goes to attack a jedi temple and a single jedi basically takes out his entire fleet of ships which is great yeah um but he's basically determined to to do it and he's going to go back and do it and then the, the other Jedi's are going to try to stop him it's just a really interesting thing one thing that was interesting is this temple is on the planet that maz kanada from The Force Awakens is on. Oh, no shit, cool. And she's alive at this time. Uh-huh. Like, she, they talk yeah, about... Yeah, she's, ha- she's old as hell, yeah. Yeah, they talk about her and her little temple, or her little, like, uh, like home and stuff. That's cool. Yeah, so I'm kind of like, that's interesting, we're going back to that world of all the worlds. Mm-hmm. Also, um buckets of blood shows back up and anytime buckets of blood shows up i love it i love the, the fact there's a jedi who calls himself buckets of blood <laughs> and someone shortens it to buck which i thought was great so and he always refers to himself by name so he says uh, to prepare for the task I have master cantum and i buckets of blood have been, <laughs> and i'm just like amazing and i'm almost curious like do people just want to keep writing that because it's hilarious <laughs> like it's so <laughs> Like, it doesn't actually fit his character, but they're, like, perfect. This is great. So, good stuff. Next up, Hostway is going to tell us about this week in Bad Ideas.
2: Oof. It was a biggie. So, I'll start with The Lot. We need to start with The Lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Start with The Lot. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the Lot. This one done by writer, writer Margaret Bennett, artist uh, Renato Gueres. Renato Gueres. It's a black and white book, and it is beautiful. I feel like I haven't talked about this book on this show. Like I remember when like the first issue came out, it was like a, I had an off week. and Don't remember if I talked about the second one, even though I got it. Like cause I think I got, I might have gotten it late. This is, hey, real quick before you start. Okay. Is it
1: Marguerite Bennett? Marguerite Bennett. Sorry, yeah. Oh, okay, you said Margaret. I want to make sure she's the one that does um, oh, what DC book? She does uh, Batwoman, right?
2: For the she does one right now. Oh okay, and I just Ooh, can't remember nice. which one it was that I really enjoy. She needs I'll to come, come back, back. Uh, but yeah, this is finally like. I, I, I mean, I love Eniac for being so fucking crazy, but damn it, like this is bad ideas a first serious book, really. Like they all they've had like their crazy wacky tales, but uh, this is just really good and for a, a horror book. <clears throat> so this is about like this like producer that was aiming for this position where she was like going to be up for this position. The like, current, like some like douche guy. Um, but like, she's like a well-established producer writer, did like a bunch of great movies, like, or worked on a bunch of great movies and she got the gig. And in this, in this gig is she basically like, like she, she got a big step in Hollywood and basically got like a big foot in, uh, into like uh, one of the big studios, like a, uh, like Warner brothers, basically. Or, or universal basically like out of california and when she was looking at her contract she realized like oh shit part of this little like clause is that i get this lot to myself this giant like with those giant warehouses where they can just make movies and build insane sets so this lot was locked away for like 50 years nobody was using it and she's like well that's kind of a waste so it's was, like well fuck it i'll fucking use it and apparently in an a, a huge murder happened like fifty years ago, which is why like they just remained it closed. We find out that a huge fucked up ritual happened, like on like the last movie that was made there. Uh, people died. It was like a, a big like uh, controversy that happened, a huge like scandal that happened, like all those years ago. Like making movies, like the crazy Hollywood. Only it was real. So you start like, crazy. Crazy starts happening. You like you meet the director in the, in the second issue. This is issue, issue three, by the way. You meet the director, and he's just like, when you meet, him, he's like, "Yeah, no, yeah, it all it all happened. It was it was fucking awesome, and we all live for the better, like better for it." And this, like, and our producer, like our our main girl, is just like trying to hold on to this, or just at least like trying to survive this. Like now, she's like, she opened the 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 floodgates, she literally opened the doors, and now she's kind of completely fucked. Cause like, you can't really work movies there, or like now that she knows, now that her, like uh, now that her bosses know that she knows, like, what the fuck does this mean? Now in issue three, it's really just trying to survive. And now that the now that the doors are open, the gates are literally open. They literally have to try to close it back up. You find out what the sacrifices have to cost, what the why it was still remaining shut all these years was because one of the last people that were a part of it never gave her last sacrifice. So she was just like taking this whole time and it really never really gave her part. So in the end, she finally, she finally bites it. And yay, we, we save the day, right? Like at least hell doesn't rain over. And holy shit. Here's like where the spin comes. Nobody believes her. Nobody believes them. Like they kind of want to put it out there. Like that this happened or at the very least like now that these like recent murders aren't going to be her fault. Nobody believes her. E- Everybody should like, and everybody's like kind of like mourning over like their favorite producers and actors that just recently died and it almost goes to show that, like... And also, like, the art producer just lost everything. She got fired. She got, like... She got she got the email and be like, you're basically blacklisted. Like, you're just out. And you hear the... Me- and you see, like, the media and all the posts where it's just like, she's a fucking liar. Like, basically, she got canceled as fuck. And it, she almost comes to a realization. It's like, is the ritual still in effect? Like, did, like, them, like, wishing for, like, their immortality and infinite, infinite, uh, infinite fame... Is this still taking place right now? Is this like all like her being canceled? So that they're still so beloved even in the afterlife. And she's just like, she's feeling that weight and realizing that she's just like out. She's just like done for. When really she gets a really dope last appearance by maybe more like the dude who was running the ritual itself. And that's like the last page. We have one more issue. I got this one felt like not really a real finale, but now like everything's really ending here. Um, but I, I honestly have no idea what, where this last issue could go. But fucking, it, I just love like the law is just so, is so cool for like a horror book. It's in black and white. I love the way it uses like its panels or like its pages. Really, really, really dope. My favorite one for sure. Nice. So I'm stupid.
1: It's yeah. Ruby Justice League. Oh my god! Really? <laughs> and and also she was doing one of the uh, Batman Urban Legends stories. Oh, cool. And in
2: future state, she did the Superwoman book. Oh wow! Like all the ones. I mean, like Margaret and- Bennett is awesome. Like I'm sure it's all the ones we like. Been, you liked, really? Oh, I loved it. It was beautiful. So,
1: and also she did A Force with G Willow Wilson. She was the co writer. I'm so dumb. Yes. I don't remember any of that. <laughs> so, but yeah, awesome. I, re- I really like her stuff. So
2: awesome. Yeah. Let's move on to Monster Kill Squad number one. Monster fucking kill squad. Um, Oh yeah. Sorry. In the back. Uh, the credits are in the back. Monster (laughs) cool. Monster kill squad, uh, done by Christos gauge and Tom, uh, Tomas. Um, that's the art. And then Diego Rodriguez is the color art and Dave Sharp is the letters. Um, so monster kill squad, almost like tankers, but more monsters and less dinosaurs. Um, it opens up with a video camera of. Do you like clowns, Keith? We get a little clown. We get some clown monsters. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, so it's like this group of clowns: a regular clown, a clown that can turn into like a spider, and then another one that's basically like the big, the big bad. We'll get to him. Meet the Monster Kill Squad. This group of dope mm-hmm. uh, ragtag of dope people. They're so dope. Um, especially, like, the, the leader. Like, like short, like, white hair. She has, like, like the, the scars over her face. She's just such a, such a fucking badass. But pretty much, like, everybody has a role to play. Um, like, our team goes in. Like, we get, like, like, some cool lore here where, like, clown monsters. Like, these are actual monsters. Uh, like, clown monsters have, like, low, like, telepathic, like, abilities which is why like they're able to kind of to creep in on your thoughts or why you always think they're creepy um why they kind of have like they can also like manipulate you for like for like a while or for like a second so they're all geared up like they have like their like their sound dampeners like like special goggles so that they don't really like fuck like they don't really like fuck with their illusions and stuff and they go in and it's it plays a really cool scene because like they kill like the the spider one um and then like the the other big bad and they're like they realize this is weird because they start saying like oh like there's almost like different factions of clown monsters um, and they don't, they don't really fuck with each other. And now that there's like a group of them. So like there's something up here. So they for sure take like the weakest, like the regular clown. And there's like a sweet interrogation where like, you're going to get like the incompetent cop to interrogate him. He's a monster. He doesn't give a fuck about him. He's never going to talk. And he like, this guy literally just like plays him. It's like, it reminded me, it almost reminded me of, um, um, professor Hickey in community. When he interrogates in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons two, <laughs> yeah. when he interrogates Abed, it basically plays out like that. And the clown is an idiot, and he just like spoils everything. <laughs> You're um, that scene now, and I'm gonna start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so good. Um, so and then so it's really cool because like it's legit plays into like all like like a bunch of monsters, and like I guess like the mission now is someone's playing a someone's playing a game here where they might be after pan, uh, a Pandora's box, and then you see. Uh, or, like, the leader she goes and talks to an inmate, and it's this really cool, like, looking Medusa where she just let, let, lets her know where it's like, Oh, like, what do you say? Like, oh, fuck. She basically referenced, like, an apocalypse is coming, but it's basically like, if we're already talking about an apocalypse coming, it's already over. So it's kind of like, ooh it's like, it's starting. So it's not as silly as Tankers. So I, but so I like that it's just like, it's still like monster killing, but I like that it, to some degree it takes itself seriously with, like, with the lore. Almost where like like the serious parts to Cabin in the Woods when we start like like fucking with like the bunker down there. Like that's kind of what it reminds me of. Hmm.
0: Nice. And then
2: and now for maybe my new favorite uh bad idea book, Pirate Queen Dude. Yeah. telling you you you're gonna want to maybe check out pirate queen like it's one of those where like i wish i had this was a digital copy so i could send it to you but then probably books and pictures getting covered i uh, would get in trouble for that and then like the, i wouldn't i wouldn't get bad idea books because they're kind of like that <laughs> but god damn it this one done by peter, peter milligan adam polina uh does the art and colors by Tamara bonvillan it's awesome dude like off the bat you guys like you gotta see the crew she is just such a cool looking pirate. I wait, like mm-hmm. now that the camera's further away, you can't really see them. But yeah, like fine, she's just awesome. Mm-hmm. We get pretty much like her story. Um, I'll try to find her name really quick. But we get her story on like how she kind of grew up from being a pirate. She was like the daughter of a pirate. So when she was taken, her oh, her name is Monday Ryan. Like I guess so, she was born on a Monday, so that's kind of what they named her. I guess like the the parents were the dad was drunk because he was a pirate himself and just named her after like what day it was. And so she grew up being a pirate, and but being a girl growing up and like the dangers of fucking how pirates can be. She literally like, but she she knew how to defend herself off the bat, being that she was also like the captain's daughter, and she just grows up to be such a badass pirate. And along the way, she. Uh, she falls in love with a Chinese man, a Chinese pirate man. And oh boy, are they just like the cutest fucking couple, like going after like raiding other ships. Like they raid a, they raid a colonial ship, a slave ship that was on their way. And because like at that point, like she was already in a step, she already had her reputation and along with like, um, with, uh, with, with the guy, they weren't their captains. Like they were like, they were under someone else and when they found this like slave ship like because their that captain was a fucking pirate um they pretty much like not that they didn't take any prisoners but they kind of like basically the scene at the end of uh that scene that you showed me from american gods happens and yes. at the, yeah but it's, it's really fucked up because it's more like it's not really with the cool message to take down those because like they did take care of like the redcoats at the same time they just left that ship to burn which is like uh so at this point, this is where Monday was like that night was like, uh, fuck this noise, and drives a sword behind that captain, and they take over. So it's fucking dope. Now it's more it's more like of a duo captain scenario on this pirate ship. And it's all it's all dope. Like they're like one of the best pirate ships running around. The art is just so badass. I really like how everybody is just like portrayed and drawn. Like I, I love the oceans. Like this shit, like with the with the ships. It's just such such great voyages. And like, we we're talking about how much we love um the, the Bonnie book. Oh, fuck. What's the image book? God damn it. I'm at a money, and we want more pirate books. Bro, god damn it. Like, this is just really good, because it doesn't really hold back. There's, it, this one doesn't, it, at no point does it really feel safe, as much as a as she is. Bad stuff does happen to her. Like, we, we just get kind of, like, her intro on how, because I like, just want, like, we open up with her almost being hung. So we get like her origins and yeah, it's it, what happens to her is really fucking shitty. So you get this really strong fucking pirate story. And I just cannot wait to see what, like what she does or what, or what happened, what else happens to her, but how, but how she gets out of it. Cause she's not just like, just some like, I mean, she is like super dope, but like the way she, these scenarios just play out a little more real. And it's just like, I'm just excited for it. Pirate queen, dude, just hell fucking impressed me nice awesome all
1: right let's switch gears and talk about aftershock comics
0: mm-hmm.
1: so we got a couple books from aftershock this week um i think josue's only got the one. Oh yeah uh, but i got three so i'll do my solos first silver city number four i think technically this came out last week okay but no one in town got it Okay, and I saw people reviewing it online, but I wanted to go ahead and give it a shout out just in case. Um, <clears throat> written by Olivia Quartaro Briggs, art and color by Luca Murley, and letter by Dave Sharp. So we get a nice, um, like, origin story for Mickey, which is one of the characters in the um, the afterlife with her, and he's from the 1950s. So it's kind of cool, like they're spanning different ages and stuff. And they basically, because of how powerful the main character is long story short, she's able to kind of project them back in time to right before she's killed. And they're trying to prevent the little girl who isn't quite dead okay. from actually getting injured. So she doesn't ever get sitting down here. And so that's what they're doing. Um, is It is really cool. And uh, in the end, it's, it's just, it's just really interesting and we find out more about what's going on and everything. And she gets betrayed by a friend is what I'll say. So, also, this next cover. Ooh, that was cool. See the blood coming out of the wings? Uh, uh, the yeah. So, yeah, she basically has angel wings on this cover, but there's like blood coming from the base on them, so it's like they just sprout out or something. Yeah. Uh, really cool. I really enjoyed this book. Um, I've been really enjoying Silver City in general, so. Next up is the number one. And it's Almost American, number mm. one. So, I got this cover. Yes. So it's great. It looks like a propaganda poster and stuff. Um, Written by Ron Mars. Drawn by Marco Castiello. Colored by Flavio Dispenza. Letter by Russ Wooten. Uh, Now, this is created by Janosh Newman and it's based on a true story. It's based on his real life. Ooh, okay. So this guy in real life was a soviet spy hmm. who jumped sides and came to the u.s looking for uh you know clemency uh so this is him and his wife and they oh. were a they are a husband and wife spy team just like on the americans <laughs> uh, so um <clears throat> this is literally their story in comic book form
0: oh huh.
1: and, and so i thought that was really cool they're in the dominican republic they basically go to the u.s embassy and they're like yeah we need to talk to the cia and they're like, here's what we can offer you. We want a paycheck the rest of our lives. <laughs> you know, and new names. And that, basically it's going to be that story of them hiding their identities and everything like that. It was really cool. It's also got a complete timeline of everything they did wow. in the back. So, really cool idea. And mm-hmm. the art is actually pretty dope. Um, it's very good for a spy thriller. Uh, I, I thought it was it was a good art choice for that. So... Like, here's a big two-page two spread where they kind of look like the two people from Jurassic They do. Off. but <laughs> <laughs> they, Oh, my God. The color scheme is on point. <laughs> yeah. But, no, I'm really enjoying this. It's really cool. And I'm very curious to see where it goes, especially because it's based on a true story. So, unique idea. I like it. That brings us to our last Aftershock book, uh, which, yes, once again, I have caught up on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh,
1: Phantom on the Scan number five. Another finale. Mm-hmm. Written by Colin Bunn, drawn by Mark Torres, and letter by Dave Sharp. Um, it comes to a finale. I will say I did listen to the to the track for it, and it was perfectly timed.
2: Oh yeah, I started
1: it and started reading, and as I finished the song ended. I did it twice. It went twice for me. <laughs> yeah,
2: but well, yeah, because I read through quick, so but
1: I was just kind of like interesting.
2: But even still, it almost like it was like like there's sequences where like oh shit, this is on point. Yeah, it was really good. So, um. There was a lot of like,
1: there was a lot of uh, big, like visual moments in this Mm -hmm. and the kind of, I don't want to say body horror, but I guess it's the best word for it.
2: Probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a bunch of body horror in this and let's just say not everybody makes it out alive uh, in the end. And I thought this was a really cool ending. I want to kick it to Josue because he's the one who's actually been, you know, reviewing this every week. So what'd you think?
2: I mean, like, yeah, we talked about the the songs. Like, the songs are definitely a part of this book, and they give off such a great vibe, like, with each issue. Like, 4A, for, for I love how it was just, like, thought out that way. And, yeah, this one really went hard. You're right. I'm, like, going through the panels, and, like, I'm going through, like, the people that don't make it, and it's not just the grotesque thing in the middle. That's awesome. But there's a lot of other body horror, and it's like, fucking A. It's just, like it's awesome It's intense i didn't see this giant thing coming here yeah. and then it, yeah to get that ending to be free of the curse but, but we were you. we were there from the beginning and this guy was just tormented like this little fucking thing was just there whenever it didn't need to be <laughs> it's like god damn it well i guess just to some degree at least you don't have a fucking like a uh, victor uh following you around aiming to kill you now at least
1: yeah but pretty good. Um, curious to see if there's going to be anything else coming from it. Didn't sound like they have immediate plans or anything, but... Yeah, kinda, it, it almost seemed like, it like... Something that was in Cullen Bunn's head and he wanted to get out. You know? Yeah. So, pretty cool.
2: Um, kind of weird that's already over. It feels like we just started reading that book. I know, right? I think it's like the one that just actually like followed through month to month instead of just like taking a, a break somewhere.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: Next up, Hostway is going to talk to us about... Behemoth Comics and You
2: Promise Me Darkness <sighs> Five. Oh <All> hail Behemoth. <laughs> uh Damien Connolly's You Promise Me Darkness number five coming to an end. As you all know, I've been struggling with this book. I love the presentation. I'm bothered by the execution almost every time. <laughs> like it took five issues and it, it, it isn't like the piece that i was looking for it to draw so i can like oh i can, I can actually go back and i reread it now i get it it's to be like a piece of that piece <laughs> that i've been waiting for and because yeah we finally get like this confrontation and the sister of the main guy is like almost like the big bad and and we finally get the the, the title drop that they finally say, the finally they finally say the words, you promised me darkness <laughs> because someone dies. And it was, uh... <sighs> in the end, it kind of makes sense. I will maybe go back and read this so I can like actually see it through because Lord fucking help me. This was just a setup for follow me into the darkness and I don't want to, I don't want to see the second arc but uh, I just like these pages maybe again all I needed was more lore all I needed was was for it to take its time so so it can actually like then tell its story but if we need more stories so we can then tell it oh Lord help me damn I gonna read the second volume <laughs> <laughs> I fucking struggle with this book, dude. Like, I just like, but again, like, I love the pages. Like, these were just so cool. I wish you could just see this one I'm looking at right now, but fuck. Like, the way this shit is, like, all of this, like, this guy with the tree gas mask, the way, like, the text is here with the giant face. It's so cool, but uh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe with the reread of all five issues. I, can, I will probably get a little bit more, and it'll probably get me excited to want to know more. To get more, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll think about it. When the week comes, I will think about it. Nice.
1: All right, let's move on to Vault. Uh, we got one Vault book, but it's the best Vault book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, we're talking, of course, about Money Shot. Um, money Shot number 14. Of course, I got the A cover. Yes. But I also got the vault undressed cover, which I've already sent on his way, but I'll show it again. The prime like from the movie Tron, but it says porn. So it would have been funny if it's a prawn, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um, of course, creative team written by Tim Seeley and Sarah Beatty, drawn by Caroline Lee Lane, uh, colored by Kurt Michael Rosen, letter by Crank. Uh, so this one is pretty much the definition of a center of an arc. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right in the middle of the arc. And we're dealing with both Annie and Doug um, <laughs> being missing on this other planet, and the rest <laughs> of just trying to find them. But we're also dealing with, you know, jealousy, like Chris Chris is upset that that her former lover has moved on without her, <laughs> and with three sexy alien chicks, including one she seems to really have feelings for. Yeah. And that was cute. I really enjoyed that. Um, the panel of the week for me was when, <laughs> you, you already know, you already know, I don't even have to say it. It's when Annie and Doug are like there and the deer chick. <laughs> he's like, Chuff, you're alive. I knew you'd come back for me. And he just goes on this whole rant and he's like, We're right on the bridge, right, baby? And then it's just piss hitting this face. <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The fact that the space doesn't change either. <laughs> There's no, no. clinch. There. <laughs> Annie's face changes. <laughs> like, yeah, so that's what I like. She starts smiling. She looks annoyed and then she's like, okay, good. <laughs> like, which I thought was great. Um, But yeah, and then basically they're able to get enough energy and now they're on a rescue mission to go find them. Uh, so yeah, I, I, the group's back together. I don't think Chris has worked out her, you know, her feelings yet, but I think she will. And we got a pretty cool revelation about the big bad quote that was trafficking these women into to porn slavery, if you will. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I just love Money Shot. It's never not great. You know what I mean? So. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Anything else you want to add? Well, no, you gave me the floor. That sex scene, as weird as it is, I was like, Oh, yeah, that was awesome. I, however, that works. That's that looks super dope. We won't describe it for you because I can't, I don't know how, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. Yeah,
1: like that's that's another compliment to the new artist, yes, Caroline, that she was able to take that and like come up with a way to draw it where I, I can look at
2: it and be like, Okay, but if you asked me to describe it, I'd be like, Well because <laughs> like, there's two panels worth and then by the second panel I that's why I was worried for sure we're going to have a loss of words here <laughs> yeah exactly so
0: nice
1: and moving on to a publisher we've never talked about on this show I've read comics from them before but not for this show and that is A.W.A. Hostway. tell me about
2: telepaths number one I will. And the, the only reason why I got this book was because of the team. Creative team. Yeah. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski writing and uh, Steve Epting drawing and Brian Reber as the letter colorist. Sal, Sal Cipriano is the, the letter. Um, yeah, apparently JMS probably has like a contract with AWA because he has like kind of like four or five books like at AWA, like a, a bunch like different genre of books. It's like, oh shit, that's where you've been <laughs> this whole time. Uh but this one, telepathic like, number one, it's out of six, a little mini. And it's interesting. It we're set up with uh the sun is gonna have its biggest solar flare for the first time in I think since like the 1800s when it really messed up shit for people back then. So n- who knows what it can happen now. And it's it's following three different stories. So I'll probably get closer on the details as we Go along the issues because it will we'll probably hear here for a while, elaborating like all the like the, the three separate stories. But it's a cop, it's a an inmate who's kind of maybe on the verge of maybe getting out, but then not because lawyer's, or someone from the other side of the table says something bad, and the guy literally stabs him in the fucking neck, exactly where like the dude's gonna start bleeding out if he doesn't get surgery right then and there. Um, and then oh yeah, and the the third story being the like the the people the the government reporting on the solar flare and then out of nowhere it's not really a comment but i think the slow the slow that's happening or like a weird comment that passes by people just drop like they just pass out not necessarily die yeah okay people just pass the fuck out Mm. and it's and it becomes like almost like a like a why the last man scenario but instead of like just everybody just everybody that drops just dying it's more like if you were safe like if we were like us right now if this happened right now we'd be okay at least we didn't if we didn't hit a corner in our heads or somewhere uh but the people who were driving flying controlling construction cranes buses everything yeah i mean sh- shit still happened everywhere that went down and so the people who kind of woke up i guess like and i don't think everybody this is where like the three stories start like uh, as we come back to like the three stories the people who we were focusing on start developing weird powers um like uh one of the government ladies, cause I think like the president was going to make the announcement about the flare. Um, she's, she almost had, I guess she's, she might be a precog. Cause, uh, cause the president president was going to have like a really like last minute scheduled, like, uh, speech. So everybody was kind of like, also like rustling around. And it's like, Oh shit. What if there's like a potential shooter? And that's when she gets like her powers, like as a precog, it's like, Oh shit. She just calls out a gun, all the secret service, do their thing and start spraying bullets and then obviously she was right because like well because then when they check him it's was like oh wait what the fuck he was an arm an arm and she's like oh no in the cockpit because he was kind of reaching in there and they find the gun so and then we come back to like the cop and like because they were like the the wife was freaking out there is like oh shit you're alive and then he starts and he starts becoming a mind reader and start and he not that he meant to, but she's also starts like thinking so she starts thinking too loudly about her affair. And he's like kind of like, wait, what the fuck? And she's like, wait, I didn't say it. Yes, and he's like, Yes, you did. I just heard it. And it's like, uh-oh. Bad things happened in this rela- in this marriage. Um, so yeah, I don't know what happened to the we did we didn't get a... of they didn't show us what happened to the to the prisoner but that he is on the cover with the cop for like the next issue so a pretty interesting setup i like that the whole everybody dropping kind of reminded me of why the last man Uh, but now it's like kind of with power so yeah we'll see it was like jms nice to read you again (laughs) nice are all the main characters like roughly in the same place as by that i mean like the same city um i think i oof I'm going to have to look over where the president's like speech was, but maybe because, yeah, for sure, um, I assume the cop and the prisoner are going to be in the same city since they're together in the cover for the next issue. Oh, okay. Because he, um,
1: JMS did, um... oh, my God, what was that show? It was on Netflix with all the people with powers and they can talk to each other and all around the world. It was really queer friendly. Not alphas. He did it with the Wachowski siblings. God, which one? Sense Eight, yes, Sense Eight. Okay, yeah. So you know, people randomly getting powers all around. You know, I was like, oh, this kind of sounds like Sense Eight. That's interesting. So,
2: yeah, yeah, you're right. You kind of want to give me a vibe to actually watch that. So fuck yeah. Uh, But yeah, watched it not all the way through. I was like, I was actually told like from friends to be like, yo, it's like might be shit you might be into, and but I never followed followed it through.
1: Yeah, Liz absolutely adored it. So She's watched all of it. Um. All right. Awesome. Let's move on to image
2: comic books. And we're gonna stick with Hosway briefly while he tells us about Inkblot number twelve. <laughs> inkblot by Emma Kubert and Rusty Glad. And I'm actually so like I love how it might be just them like each other oh no, I mean like if you know, I like how it's just like these two people probably just like coming up with the story as they go. Not side, they're just like making it up, but but the way the the way they're um Work relationship works. It's uh the pe- penciling and colors by Emma and the in- inking and lettering by by Rusty, but really like the story is done by both of them. So like I never really realized that that's how it worked between the two.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So for this issue, <laughs> our good old librarian of the big old magic family. Um, now that she kind of understands this void cat, she's trying to force it. <laughs> She's trying to, as she's learning, she's trying to force it into conjuring up under the portal or trying to figure out how it works with forceful magic. And she finally annoys it enough and starts chasing it to where they end up back at the Veronica and Vicka fight. Like the two sisters that just like, that couldn't share and couldn't come up with a simple under civil understanding that was r- raging all fucking havoc. She's back there, literally right in the middle. And she's trying to get out of like, would you two just please stop when the two just like unleashed like literally all hell and she's presumed dead she falls off a cliff Like explosion she falls off a cliff and she ends up almost like in a future where now where she meets her youngest like i probably like, i think it's like the youngest brother like the baby brother that is now just like this this older guy like this like this 40 year old guy that has like facial hair but like, but he knows who she is. Like, like he obviously recognizes her. And he's like, "Oh, hey, big sis." As he's just like much, much older, and we're like in this weird timeline where like everybody knows that this sister is dead, but like she was just like blipped out for a second because of this goddamn cat. <laughs> um, so there's like a, a cool, touching moment of like kind of like at least like this sibling being reunited with this like long lost sister. That by the end like fuck what the hell happens that they basically yeah they get transported at this point but the, this brother comes back to like yeah the, they get transported to her present because we just we do need to kind of come back but in this case that brother that future brother comes back to the past and, and will i guess like now be part of the family uh it's left off with like the leader of the family back at that i I guess now we're our reading present, like the leader of the the, the elders oh, the eldest brother. I guess like he's just like ready to go to work, but or he's he's needs oh, he needs a sister's help. Yeah. But we'll elaborate later we'll elaborate later on what that's all about. Because right now it was just like weird that we got of all the crazy entropy that we get hit with this book because of this cat, I did not think we were gonna get hit with a an alternate timeline. That is not something I, I saw coming. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, you talked about Rusty and Emma and how they work well together. Well, they're like
2: partners in real life.
0: Oh, well, that's, awesome. that's awesome! Yeah,
2: they're they're actually they live together. <laughs> I, I I love books that are actually about like I mean, when there's like the couples working together. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that makes it easy for them to like. Walk yeah. Over and be like, here, do this. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> they can talk over over
1: the dinner table or something. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Oh, that makes me appreciate the book so much more now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> awesome. All right, and then I got three. Image books of my own, starting with Commanders in Crisis number twelve. Ooh, baby! Yet
2: another finale. <sighs> was there a sexy variant this time for a finale? <gasps> there was. Oh, oh, my god! Of course yeah. you would love that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just like
2: yeah. I, I literally, if
1: there's been a prize fighter cover, I picked it up every time.
2: I mean, the fact that it's like a, <laughs> a, a, like wrestling and shit, like that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So.
1: Written by Steve Orlando, Drawn by David Tinto. Colored by Francesca Corretta and Francesca Vivaldi. Lettered by Fabio Amelia. So, I want to start with the end, actually. Uh, Steve left a really awesome note mm-hmm. at the end talking about it. And it's really good. It's If you guys are reading this book, make sure to read the letter at the end. And uh, he said... There may be no easy answers ahead, but one thing's for sure, as long as we keep fighting for it, there will always be hope and promise to be found. Mm -hmm. So this has been a very political book. It's it's a parody in a lot of ways, but it's also a political book. So in the end, where we left off, the multiverse has been completely destroyed. All Earths are dead except for this one. And the cosmic sepsis is setting in because the Earth is so toxic and hateful now that it just needs to be destroyed. Well, when the um, when the concept of empathy was killed
0: mm-hmm.
1: earlier in the book, that's kind of what set the song in motion. And I'm kind of summing things up very quickly just to kind of get where we need to be. Um, the commanders in crisis have discovered a way to create a new concept, not empathy, but a new concept. OK, that try to keep the world together. And they realize, and, and one of the other characters in one of them basically tells them, you guys aren't even from this earth, and you're coming in and telling us what to do and everything. So the character that, whose power is she can do anything as long as she comes up with a word for it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: came come up with the word "omnisapien teleunification, <laughs> okay. which gives every person on earth 24 hours of a hive mind where they oh. can all talk to everybody. Oh, shit. And she basically says, we're not from here. This is your earth. If something's going to work, it's going to be your idea, not ours. Mm -hmm. And basically the entire human race has to work together to come up with an idea. Yeah. For this new thing. And so the crisis command literally sits on the side and just chills on their own, waiting for them to do it. And then this cute little girl walks up. She's like, we finally got something. And she whispers and whispers in the girl's ear. Goes, all right, okay, then with the word, are we ready? And then we don't see what the word is. (laughs) And then you see the cosmic sepsis that's destroying the world here slowly fades away and pulls back. Ooh. And then we get like cuts all over the place, including going back to Frontier, who is the leader of the group that kind of betrayed them, kind of didn't. She's still fighting her alternate self. We'll come back to that in a moment. Okay. Um but basically also Prize Fighter gets a cute moment with the, the oh. reporter that saves his life. Yeah. The one that basically told everybody to cheer for him. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he's great. Um and basically what has happened is there was this act that was going that basically would separate the US into like fifty eight countries. They were trying to like separate into, you know, our space, your space kind of thing. Okay. And that's what was going to do everything. It says, in a stunning turn, the American Individuality Act has been withdrawn in favor of an even more more drastic bill. The United States of America has been sent back to formula. Which I laughed because I saw the Green Goblin in my head as soon as I saw that. Back um, to formula. uh, The president is dead, uh, but secession is idling as plans are fast-tracked for a new constitutional convention decided by true popular vote.
2: Ooh,
1: and I'm like, man, wouldn't that be great?
3: Yeah, <laughs> everybody
1: had an equal say. Um, so that's basically how they like how they fix America in the end. Um, and we're not given too much details of what they decide because you know it's up to us to decide what would be best. Yeah, you know ourselves, which I think is great. The book is the or the creators of the book are, are the Crisis Command, and they're not trying to tell us what the answer is. Mm-hmm. They're telling us we have the power to find the answer. That's beautiful. <laughs> which I think is great. So, um. Sawbones Diego, the 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 Hispanic uh, president, Mm -hmm. he finds out he has family on this planet, and their version, uh, no, not not Diego, Ignacio. I don't know why I said Diego. Um, Ignacio, his his uh, version died at seven years old, so he goes and meets his family, like because now he's back, you know, and all this stuff, and it's all really cool. Everything's going great, and I am flipping books, pages, being like, what's the word? What was the word? What was the word? And in the end, we don't find out. Yeah. No. But we do see frontier after she fights her counterpart and she's just floating out in the middle of nowhere. Cause that's how she took out her counterpart. She tackled her basically into the nothingness. She's floating out and she's like, what, why am I alive? And she's like, wait, we can't be. They're growing back. It's the other earth. <sighs> oh shit. Aw. and she's like, I need to see it. I have to, even if I never get back a new frontier, so she goes through this portal, right? Yeah. And the last page. It's her superimposed on a real picture of our world.
0: Oh, what? Oh, yeah,
1: shit. That's like a Google Earth image. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And that's where it ends. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. This is great. This is, <laughs> this is a great 12-issue run, guys. Pick it the fuck up. <laughs> like, so good. And it's funny. I, I still quote the I'm trending thing from fighter to Liz all the time. <laughs> like, it's so funny to me. Like, oh, I love it. So, next up Undiscovered Country number 15. Written by Scott Sire and Charles Soule. Art by Giuseppe Comancoli and Leonardo Marcello Grassi. Letter or coloring by Matt Wilson. Letter by Crank. Um, this one kind of I, I really like what's what's happening here because basically the um, the same character has kind of been the um, the one it's Ace. He's the one that's kind of solved everything up to this point. He's the one that's like the expert in America and everything like that. And now they're in this world that's all about inspiration. It's all about creating a masterpiece. And he immediately takes charge when he's not the most creative one. And he's kind of thinking about tropes, like what's the most American tropes. Meanwhile, one of the other characters who's not speaking up kind of is way more creative. And I think she's going to have to step up and do it. And he's going to kind of fail a little bit, mm-hmm. which is good. Because I don't want him to be the one that solves everything. Okay, I want everybody to contribute something. So um, I'm really digging that. I think that's done really well. Uh, they run into a group of, because they go to like Fable World, where all the biggest stories are. So they run into the group including Paul Bunyan, Babe the Blue Ox, <laughs> John Henry, uh, uh, Annie Oakley, and Davy Crockett. And then they're taken to the other part of the group, which is Betsy Ross, Johnny Appleseed, George Washington, who wow. is a myth in this, Molly Pitcher, and Briar Rabbit. I, wanna, I have to show you Bet- Betsy Ross, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> She's looking like, like red, white, and blue military gear. Yep. It's so funny to me. So I love it. But basically, they're like, yes, please help us. And they reveal the bad guy is, um, is the Crossroads Devil because he's like the evil American myth. That's cool really great shout. Yes, and check out his design.
2: Oh, that's great. You
1: give him basically they make him look like Robert Johnson. Mm-hmm. So, and then you can see his, him up here, his face. It kind of reminds me of Blacktop Bill from uh, not
2: Terror. Oh yeah, totally.
1: So um, Long story short, they're like, he's the bad guy in all this And then after they leave, George Washington Goes down and he's telling a story to somebody He's like uh, Or the bad guy off screen says they believed it He goes, of course, I'm George Washington I cannot tell a lie, my master And
2: Ooh. it's
1: the crossroads so, Motherfucker <laughs> Yeah, Really cool, I'm really liking this I like this world probably the most of the three so far
0: Oh, okay, it is actually Maybe very kind interesting of a writer.
1: I don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right.
0: Yeah
1: Last book. I'm gonna be very brief um, because I'll be frank with you. I'm not caught up on this book because it's not something I've been buying issue. To issue I've been buying trades.
2: Which one? The beauty. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Written by
1: Jason Hurley and a gentleman we interviewed once, Jeremy Hahn. Oh, and uh, art is by Matthew Dow Smith, Jeremy Hahn, and Danny Luckert. Colors by Brett Waddellie. Well- well- and lettering by Thomas Maurer. This one is the one. Uh, you'll remember it when I describe it to you. By the way, the, it's just beautiful. I love this one. Oh, yeah. no, I definitely see those all the time. Yeah. So the story behind this one is there's a sexually transmitted disease. And if you get it, you become the most beautiful version of yourself you can possibly be. <laughs> That's you lose right. a bunch of weight. Your teeth are perfect. Your hair is perfect all the time. So everybody wants this sexually transmitted yeah. disease. Yeah. And then suddenly people with it just start blowing up. Mm-hmm. So it's this really cool detective thriller. It's got a lot of political ramifications in it. I remember I hadn't read it when we when we were like uh, when we had the opportunity to to interview him. Yeah. So I actually ordered every volume that was out at that point. Okay. Read them all before we interviewed him. I'm like, I'm so excited to talk to him because this (laughs) is really fucking good. Um, This is a finale.
2: Oh, is it too? It's
3: right.
1: Yeah, it's literally, it's not even a numbered issue. It's just the finale. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So it's like a special issue. Um, I I did not read it super in-depth. Because I'm not caught up, I didn't want to spoil
2: it for myself. (laughs) Oh yeah, I get it.
1: So, I apologize to everybody out there, but... (laughs) I wanted to bring it up because I do only buy the trades and we don't really talk about trades on this show. Right, yeah. There's and t- I really t- wanted to tell you guys. Pick it the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just absolutely really, really good. Um and I I can't express enough how much how much fun you'll probably have reading this book. Um for those who don't know, he also did books like Berserker for Top Cow. Okay. Um he did Darkness, uh he did Constantine for a while. Mm. Um, he did a bunch of stuff. And he's just great. Jeremy Hahn's great. And yeah, check it out. It's just absolutely wonderful. So, had to give it a shout out. Even though I'm not giving it a full review, I can tell you it's probably excellent because
2: the rest of the series has been. So, uh, before we move on, I realized I had another image book. Oh, what is it? It's uh, something fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm so glad it's out because I did not have the money to get every variant every second third sometimes fourth printing stray dogs the galleries like with all the the horror variants so basically all the variants it, it's oh, just it's like a cover gallery it's just a cover gallery of all the variants and all the right oh. the, reg- the regulars too but all, with all the horror variants which just what i wanted all, all the time but now i don't have to buy every single issue that i wanted like for like my, my favorite horror movies so it was like really fun that those was out too that's really cool we really really loved that book. absolutely <laughs> i'll get stray dogs anything yeah nice
1: all right, now we're going to go ahead and move on to DC. And I'm going to start with my solos, as always. And I have a couple DC books this week. First of all, Harley Quinn Annual Number 1. The mm.
2: cover. Nice.
1: Uh, so remember last week where I said, you know, I was actually kind of missing the <gasps> Yeah. Um, it is a different artist for the annual, but I did find out the artist, Riley Rossmo, is coming back to the, the book. It was just a one shot away. Okay. No, so, cool. I'm really excited, strangely, about that, because, again, originally I was like, I don't know about this art, and then three issues, in, I'm like, this art
2: is perfect. <laughs> it's very <laughs> like, different from like how they would usually take Har- a Harley Quinn book.
1: Exactly. Well, I mean, the book itself is very different than and a yeah. Harley Quinn book. This book barely has Harley in it, hmm. which I love when annuals do that, by the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Written by Stephanie Phillips, art by David LaFuente, Marco Faiola, and John Samariva, colored by Mick Guermetro, and lettered by Andworld. So what's happening here is it's it's Solomon Grundy and Kevin, the former clown. And Harley is missing and they're trying to find her. The bad guy Keepsake has, has kidnapped her. So they're trying to find her. They find out that Keepsake worked as basically a goon for every major villain in Batman's history. Mm-hmm. And his name is Keepsake because he always steals something from them. Ha. So he has like a freeze gun. He has firebugs, fire gun. He has one of the penguins umbrellas, you know, all that stuff. Right. And you find out he actually used to work for the Joker. Mm -hmm. And he used, he was basically obsessed with the Joker and wanted to make him happy. But every time he did something right, Harley would be there talking to the Joker and would always take his spotlight. And so he's just like, bitch, you know, basically, (laughs) um, so basically, oh, and the book opens. They flash back to why she disappeared with them at a skate park. It's Harley rollerblading, mm-hmm. and Kevin skateboarding, which I thought's great. Yeah, chubby dude skateboarding. I love it. Uh, Keepsake shows up. She's like, who? Like, like no one knows who he is. And basically, in the end, she's gone. Kevin and Grundy are traveling around the underworld, trying to find out what happened to her. They're asking Mister Freeze. Oh, and also, she uh she goes on a date. With keepsake. Long story, she's she's blackmailed into it, and this outfit. Oh, so cool! Yeah, that's just an amazing.
2: That's it. a really cool design. How yeah, it,
1: dude. absolutely. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, long story short, and then oh, and also yeah, the art kind of changes. You know, there's different artists. I really like this art style too. Oh yeah, like like it's kind of cartoony and fun. I can dig it. I really did that. So, anyways, long story short, they go through a bunch of villains, including Penguin who has no patience for them. Uh, Cheshire, all kinds of people. And it's funny because Kevin is just Kevin. He's just a kind of a fat dude with a clown tattoo on his neck. <laughs> but Grundy's Grundy, and no one fucks with
0: Grundy. Basically. I love Grundy.
1: They kind of lean on that the entire way through. Keepsake ends up making a copy of the factory in which Harley Quinn fell into the, the acid. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we'll do it again. He tosses her in, they fall in. Uh, she's weighed down by some chains. He gets out. She seemingly drowns, and then Grundy shows up and pulls her out of the water.
2: Oh damn! Yeah,
1: and he just says, you know, he's just in like, uh. <laughs> and she's like, "Where'd he go? Oh, He got away." And she she hugs she hugs Kevin for saving her. She goes, "Get in here, SG." So
2: Grundy joins the group hug.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> and if this is gonna be like a trio,
2: I need this. I've, this is gonna make this book even better. I've always loved Solomon Grundy. Like, yeah. I, I really hope like, I mean and I know everybody's like super like won over won over by uh King Shark, but if we get a third Suicide Squad movie and we need like the one phrase, it's like super strong guy. I really hope they bring in Solomon Grundy. Oh yeah, totally. I would love him in a movie. Plus, he can't die. And he can't die because like we had like what Key, uh, Killer Croc in the first one and then King Shark in the second one. I would love if we just rotated that role like for the for the movies and we actually got Grundy.
1: Yeah. Speaking of King Shark, Infinite Frontier number five, I got this variant deluxe cover. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my from God. Suicide Squad. Yes. And three characters I actually like from Suicide Squad. <laughs> the
2: three characters I give a shit about. <laughs> so, uh, man, I can't believe I actually like Rick Flag. That's- Dude, I've been watching that movie so fucking much. Cause yeah, it's I gonna I follow you on <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be gone in three days. It's like i got to fucking like, watch this shit over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's just entertaining. It's-, it's fine. It's perfect. There's nothing... Wrong with
1: it? Exactly. <laughs> there's a lot of things wrong with a lot of DC movies. Mm-hmm. There's nothing
2: wrong with that one. Yeah, I just don't care for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's
2: better than a lot of them. It just—it actually makes me laugh. Like there's like there's actually funny scenes that were just like I'm not—I don't expect this in a DC movie. It's better than the first one. Oh for sure, it's definitely. Oh damn sure.
1: Glow up. As I'll say that, and I—I it, th- I think it's better than Birds of Prey
2: too. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, what did you think of John Cena? At least I haven't gotten your opinion on him in the movie. I think
1: I really liked him, but I think in the end, well, just spoilers and in case anyone cares. When he turned out to be a bad guy, mm-hmm. I think he went too evil. Ooh, okay. And it kind of obliterated all the likability. Ooh,
2: okay. I mean, that's kind
1: of the point, like, right? Well, but afterwards, I don't want to see a Peacemaker show. He was an asshole. <laughs> yeah. You know, he wasn't a funny asshole. He was an asshole, and he killed Rick Flagg. Yeah. Like I think that was the one mistake that really bothered me the most plot wise Okay, is I was like, you made him really unlikable and I loved him for the first half of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. And then he did that and I was kind of like, Oh, and maybe it's because of the nature of his character because he is very much a fight for America, America (laughs) first. Yeah. I don't want to see an ultra serious serial killer saying America first in my, in my media right now. I get that. That's the last shit I need to be seen. Like, <laughs> right. you know, I see that in real life. <laughs> so, you know, like that, that really bothered me the most of all the character turns. Okay. So I think his performance was fine. I just think the decision was poor. Mm, okay. So, yeah. Um, and also Amanda Waller getting jumped by her flunkies is bullshit. Amanda <laughs> Waller would kill every one of them. Yeah. So, Anyways. Uh, okay. Next book. Yeah. Infinite frontier. Number five joshua williamson writing paul pelletier jesus marino tom darinick bensley norm rapon raul fernandez tom darinick inking Inkening, Inkin, <laughs> hi-fi coloring and tom napolitano lettering so this is where infant frontier is all collapsing together everything's actually starting to make sense together uh everything's on earth omega um the whole group shows up. Uh, Director Bones is a bad guy, apparently. Um, you know, Alan Scott, Green Lantern, and Obsidian show up. Jade shows up. All the other teams show up. You know, it's really cool. Black Lantern? yeah, Huh? Uh, Black Lantern and Roy? Yeah, okay, he's with okay. Jade's team. Okay, okay. Him. So, um, basically, the leftovers of the, the, the Justice League across the multiverse. Mm-hmm. And Jade's team, which is like Power Girl, Atom Smasher, things like that. They're like, we're going to take you down, and he says, uh, or Mirror Master says, "Meet my Injustice Incarnate." Oh, oh shit! Including, oh my god, a green or a yellow lantern Joker. Joker? Yeah, yeah, and just and Magog. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot in here. It's a lot to break down. So, um, so. They're like, here's the big bad guys. They're from the alternate reality. And then Alan Scott is cheesy. It's a good thing where the justice society, <laughs> and, like, green lantern copies of everybody.
2: Oh, okay. So,
1: yeah. Um, but they fight and the bad guys get the upper hand. Mm. Uh, they fight president Superman. All this stuff's happening. The only person left is Roy Harper. Oh, okay. 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 Roy Harper forever. The last son, the final piece and it's just like the ring chose you. They're going to this whole thing like you're really necessary. He's like, you say that's some great weapon that I can use this ring to save everyone here. He's like, yes, you can. But you know what happens, don't you? That ring will take you over, turn you into a mindless, cre- mindless creature of the dark. And he finds out that his daughter is actually alive and back on their planet. He's been looking for her Is the whole point of this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He said, uh, basically, she says, uh, um, Psycho Pirate's like, your daughter will be safe. He's like, wait, she isn't here? And he goes, uh, and she goes, that means she is alive and she's back home. You said this ring is powered by my suffering. I've got more than enough. Oh, it's fucking Roy, man. And he uses the power to basically free everybody. And it leaves him looking like this. Ah, of course it does. And then he's down. He's like, oh, Roy, boy, you have no idea what you just did. All the good guys come back. They're attacking Psycho Pirate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then there's an omniscient talk. It's too late, and any battle now will only feed my power. The multiverse barriers have been created. All of its citizens will kneel to me. Uh, of
2: course. And
1: with my Omega Lantern at my side, I oh, control all. shut the fuck up. What? Roy has become an Omega Lantern. Oh my god, holy shit. So is it going to be like the Omega Beams? Uh huh. But in lantern form, like
2: that powerful. Hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. This was really dope. This has been building really well, and I liked it. So. Well, that's cool. Uh, the whole like yellow lantern Joker. I, I, I always have to call him out, but uh, my favorite new Guardian during the Blackest Night event, like the Yellow Lantern Scarecrow. That shit was dope as fuck. I was a really big fan of Red Lantern Mera. Oh, i for sure. She's like she's my second favorite.
1: Yeah, I like that it was like, "Oh, we got to find a bad guy for Red Lantern." Mara's like, "I got it. I'm just, I'm, I'm all Fury, bro. Like, I'm <laughs> all rage. Well, I'm just angry all the time. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry." <laughs> you know? So, uh, next book, Batman, Fear State, mm. Alpha, Ho Sway. You might need to get into this crossover. <sighs> okay. I don't know how expensive it's going to be for us, though. So we'll see. Oh, okay. Um, but I think this is James Tynan's farewell to Batman.
2: The Alpha State? Okay. Oh, the Future State?
1: Uh, it's Fear State. Fear State, yeah, yeah. So, it's written by James Tynan. Art is Riccardo Federici. Colored by Chris Sotomayor. And lettered by Clayton Cowles. Hmm. Just to give you an idea of the art we're dealing with.
2: Oh, your camera kind of went off. It's kind of like, glitchy. Oh? No? Like, it comes back after a while, but...
1: Okay. Uh, there's nothing I can do about it right now. So... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, I don't know if you can see it, but... The art, it kind of reminds me, actually, ironically, uh, we were talking about Legacy of Evil mm-hmm. for a Green Goblin. It kind of reminds me of that art a little bit. <laughs> Ooh, okay. And uh, it's dealing with Scarecrow. Scarecrow's going to be the big bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can see this. Not yet. They have this this crazy design for Scarecrow, where he looks creepy. He's got, like, a Plague Doctor, Plague Doctor mask on and stuff. He looks pretty sick. And his whole thing is, he wants to turn... Basically... He wants to jumpstart society. He came up with this theory that if you, if society goes through a massive like shakeup problem, then and they all experience this trauma all at once, it actually jumpstarts evolution of society. Several decades, we actually oh, evolve are. quicker. So he's kind of like, okay, cool. Uh, I'm back. You said, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'll show you the scarecrow again.
2: So. Right there. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's how I kind of how we look at the end of like like the Harley's future state. Yeah. Yeah. I, re- exactly. I remember him. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: so basically he kidnaps Batman. He, um, and we actually see this is when we actually see, uh, Peacekeeper One show up with, with all the, um, with all the, uh, the magistrate and stuff. This is actually starting to bring the magistrate into the existing DC universe, which is scary as shit. And, um uh, oracle is like hey you know oh what do they do they shut off all communications in gotham so there's no tv nothing right cell phones don't work and oracle's like well i have a way of talking to everybody i have a hardwired way she's like stephanie plug in the those cables down there she's like that puts me directly in the emergency broadcast system they plug it in and then message starts going out in oracle's voice people of gotham city this is your eye in the sky your one and only Oracle. I'm back online and speaking now to, to tell you now the truth. It's all much worse than it seems. I know you're afraid right now, but the truth is you're not nearly frightened enough. And it cuts to Barbara and she's like, What's happening? This isn't me. Oh shit. Someone hacked Oracle. Oh fuck. They said, The mayor's in hiding, scarecrows on the loose, fear is spreading in the city, and you can be sure that the air you're breathing is filled with this poison. Oh god. It's probably not just in the air, it's in the water you're drinking. The Magistrate can't save you. They're just a new oppressor high in the skies over the city. They don't care about you. I wish I could tell you that Batman was coming to save the day, but he can't anymore. Batman is dead, and his little costume friends are going to die soon, too. Oh, shit. Basically, it's Jericho taking away all hope anyone has. Bug. And so they have no idea what to do, basically. They're trying to figure out how to get the word out. and Who's going to believe his second Oracle message? when that one basically said, you know, I'm Oracle. Yeah. So it's just like, so good. It also is dealing with Harley trying to find Ivy and she finds Queen Ivy, which we talked about those two Ivies now. Yeah. Who doesn't seem to have the emotions of Ivy.
2: Right. I have it in the, in the Swamp Thing book too. Yeah.
1: Or she, so she, appeared? Kind of, she kind of blows off Harley on here, but does show like she might still care about her a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we see the other Harley who's living in alley town with Catwoman and Selena. Mm. So it's really interesting. And then the last thing we see is Jace standing before his batman suit, ready to put it on oh god so yeah dude so it's all gonna be like fear state it's all like fear based and this like la- oh in this last shot i forgot about this batman trying to escape jumps out a window and we got this big ominous j- Ooh, scarecrow face yeah so cool this is like some real straight-up horror shit i really dig this okay so, yeah really cool i'll let you know how it goes yeah i don't know exactly what kind of checklist because we
2: i think we know like the the jason gotham book is going to run through it right yeah i think so it's like i'm wondering how, how it'll tie in all I'll, that part I'd kind of be confused well, i know you'll, you'll be explaining as you go yeah and my last solo dc book is aquaman 80th anniversary
1: oh of course i of course i picked it up it's a hundred page spectacular <laughs> so creative teams let's just go through them <laughs> jeff parker evan shaner rob lay jeff johns paul Pelletier. Norm Rapman, Hi-Fi, Josh Reed, Michael Marici, Pop Mahan, Tony Avina, Wes Abbott, Stephanie Phillips, Henry Persettia, Ulysses Ariola, Travis Lanham, Sean Aldridge, Tom Derenick, Nick Filardi, Rob Lay again, Marguerite Bennett, Trung Lee Nguyen, Jory Belair, Pat Brasso, Kevin Scott, Scott Eaton, Norm Rapman, Hi-Fi, Rob Lay again, Dan Waters, Miguel Mendonca, um, Daniel Henrique, uh, Romulo Fajardo Jr., Rob Lay again. Dan Juergens, Steve Epting. Yes, that's right. Dan Juergens and Steve Epting together. Damn. Jeremy Cox, Rob Lagan, Chuck Brown, Valentin Delandro, Marissa Louise, and Clayton Cowles. With Brandon Thomas, Diego Olortuquy. Or- 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 there we go. Wade Von Graubadger. Still the best name in comic books. I don't <laughs> care what anyone says. Wade Von Graubadger. So good. Adriana Lucas and Anneworld. So, I'm not going everyone, over every one of these stories. <laughs> most of them are straightforward Arthur stories, kind of going back to his history, referencing things. It's a lot of fun. There's a couple of Black Manta stories, which are pretty good, too. Uh, there's several featuring Mera. It's really good. Uh, I don't want to talk about it all day long. Pick it up if you like Aquaman, if you want to learn more about Aquaman. There's two stories I'm going to talk about in particular. Uh, the first one is uh and they're all very short by the way they're all like four or five pages at the most um but this one is the one written by marguerite bennett Hmm. and with art by chung louis nguyen and check out this art dude i hope we can see it
0: oh yeah i see it very fairy tale yeah that's
1: arthur
2: oh my god really okay (laughs) yeah
1: and the story is that he runs into some um uh, some uh, Rhine maidens, water nymphs, and they're basically like they they seduce men. Basically, you know, they're sirens, and Ma- they're trying to grab Arthur, and and, Mar- and Mara shows up and stops them. I love this picture of Arthur. It's like Tintin almost. It really is. Like I love it. So, and basically, in the end, they they're able to get the harp, and the harp controls the the nymphs, and they're like, "No, don't do that." You know, we serve you, I suppose, and they're like, "The destruction of love should should." not be strength, and they destroy the harp. So now no one can control, control the nymphs, and they're free to be what, do whatever they're going to do and love who they want to love, which is great. I really like that. But the other story I want to focus on, and it's the very last story, and I was very upset because I thought I wasn't going to get any Andy Curry in this story, <laughs> in this book. And after Future State, I need me some Andy Curry. There's a catch. She's a baby oh but okay I'll take it. I'll take <laughs> it. <laughs> so it's basically the aqua family are vacationing on an island so it's marin arthur and uh uh andy little baby andy and jackson uh aqua lad uh future aquaman and basically oh also you want to see a himbo ass shot absolutely oh my god yes <laughs> 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 soaking wet arthur i missed right after that she's like i need to show she, she grabs him and she's like i need to show you something over here and drags him off oh, <laughs> yeah um there's a bunch like jackson oh also she can't say jackson so she calls him yakson
0: mm. <laughs> it's so
1: cute and then they train together like doing little baby oh like, already starting and yeah and so typical of these things they get attacked and stuff And in the end, Jackson protects her, doesn't beat the bad guy, but then Arthur shows up and beats the bad guy. He's like, sorry, I couldn't do it myself. And he's like, you saved her. Like, you protected her the whole time. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, so it's just a really good setup. And I love that they did this story because it's setting up Aquaman the Becoming, (gasps) which is the new Aquaman series starring Jackson as Aquaman. And I love him. So. That's going to be cool. We're going to get some baby Andy Curry. (laughs) Thank you. It was worth it just for that. (laughs) The rest of it's good. Don't get me wrong. Um, Now, DC that we share. Three books. Let's start with Static, number three. Oh, baby. Deluxe cover. Oh, that's cool. Yep. All right. Um, So, of course, Static, number three, part of the Milestone Relaunch that DC is doing that we want to encourage as much as we can because it's cool. Um, This is definitely written by definitely Vita Ayala (laughs) Uh, penciled inked color by Nicholas Draper Ivy. Uh, Part of it. Then part of it is penciled ink by Chris Cross with colors by Willa Quintana letter by and world. This is cool. It's building on what happened. Uh, we get to see uh, we get to see static actually make his costume, yes, which is dope and it's an homage to the old one, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty cool. so um we also get to see like how the relationship with his family is after the fire at the house and stuff. I think it's really cool to show that like his dad is a supportive dad, even though he's upset
2: about things, still loves him, is gonna do the right thing for him and stuff. that callback, the when he starts talking about like, oh, I, might, I used to watch like all the superhero show stuff with like my dad and this costume looks like the cartoon costume. And he says the word Henshin. It's like, yes. Yeah. But, but what he threw on literally looks like the static show uh, costume. There's like the color scheme and the, the hair and the goggles.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then what we find out is that the government is basically trying to find all these boom babies. And because static is late to school, he actually misses out on a bunch of them getting abducted, which he would have been taken with them. Mm-hmm. And he finds out that his arch nemesis hot streak is telling them who has powers.
2: Yeah. I fucking stench.
1: And his last line, we're missing a few, but it's all good. I know where they live. Asshole. So like fucking asshole. <laughs> They're doing a really good job of building it up as a bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's, we're three issues in and this is the best spider-man book that dc has <laughs> yes like, i i don't want to i don't want to be reductive it is it's an awesome young superhero dealing with family problems school with a villain that you're immediately like fuck that guy <laughs> like it's just it's perfect it's just it's so good i love
2: this book uh anything else you want to add uh no i i i just like thoroughly love this book and it's like every single time where it's just like i love it but then i just like i get in my feels because it's kind of like god it's like like Vita, y'all just writes it so easily that it's just like this this origin book. or This book just should have been out years ago. Like this Static should have just been already been an established character instead of just like again, just like starting here, which is a great jumping point. But I would have loved if just like already like somewhere else like with Static and already established Static because we already know and love fucking Virgil. But in this case, it's just like yeah. But the book itself, nothing wrong with it. It's it's, it's fucking solid.
1: Yeah, and Vita is definitely amazing. I think they are probably the perfect choice for this book.
0: Oh, absolutely! Fuck yeah. yeah! So,
3: yep,
1: awesome. All right, let's move on to Wonder Girl number three. Oh, fuck!
2: Dude, I got the deluxe cover. You want to see it? Yes. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Oh, and the reason why I said hi, I'm I'm, I'm Josue because it's it's her and it's uh, yeah. and but who might you might
0: be? <laughs> <laughs> yes.
3: Ah,
1: oh,
2: she's so hot.
1: <laughs> she's the best. She's like the hottest fictional character I think of right now. <laughs> um, so, of course, this is the tale of Yara Floor continuing with everybody trying to find her. Written by Joelle Jones, art by Joel Jones and Ray- Adriana Mello, coloring by Jordi Belair, and letter by Clayton Cowles. So, once again, the hunt for her is on. Um, you get to see Cassie Wonder Girl meet Artemis and both fight her and Fangirl for her. <laughs> they end up teaming up, which is fun. But the important thing is Yaraflor comes across Eros, yes. the god of love. And um, she's torn between him and Zhao. And then we finally get an appearance yes, <laughs> of our little friend from the Future State book, mm-hmm. which I absolutely love seeing that. And basically, Yaraflor has been shot by Eros's arrow. And is taken away by Eros. He promises to come back for Zhao, though. So, uh, yeah. And then, again, in the background, everybody's fighting. Everybody's trying to find her. Uh, Eros takes her up to uh, Mount Olympus, right? Yeah, Mount Olympus. Yeah. And presents her to Hera, the goddess Hera. And, we again, we still don't know what The big deal is with her. As far as they go, we know the big deal is with us because we love her.
2: Oh my god, this would be so dope! While everybody's fucking around, being worried about, um, about Yara touching soil, but now she's not there. She's yeah, you're right. She's at Olympus, and the whole time over at the WWE ongoing series, it's her going through the vert to the multiverse, but ultimately has to like follow Janice back to Olympus. I'm not saying this hair is Janice, but. I saw. I, what if they actually just is like they're they're just like fuck everybody, Diana and Yara are just like we will hash it out by themselves over here. That'd be really fucking cool if they actually cross over over here.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's it's just cool. I really really dig it. Like, ah, uh, love this book. She's amazing. Oh yeah, totally. One of the two highlights of Future State for me, and the other being Andy Curry. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, last DC book: Teen Titans Academy number six. Yes. Uh, deluxe cover once again oh nice yeah uh so it's it's funny because this book has only been going six issues and an annual but it feels like it's been going like at least 12 yeah maybe it's because the annual came at like issue four (laughs) (laughs) like but yeah
2: um on that yearbook special right oh that's what i meant by the annual Oh, okay oh that was the annual
1: okay um i think they did call it a yearbook special though you're right uh, Tim Sheridan writing Rafa Sandoval penciling Jordi Tarragona inking Ulysses Ariola coloring and Robale lettering uh, so a bunch of the kids go for beach day and um i think it's funny that Chupacabra's there yes because we just dealt with him and he knows who red x is and he's just chilling
2: well it's him and the and the big dude
1: yeah yeah but I'm saying, like, him specifically jumped out at me because he's, like, one of the main characters of this. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, and I'm kind of like... He already had his arc? He's playing it really cool. You know what I mean? Like, I'm <laughs> like... But I guess that's kind of his thing. He's really good at that stuff, so... um, But he... They basically go for a beach day. And, um... <laughs> this is a Gorilla Greg book issue. Yes. If anybody, I guess, you know, so... um. It's, it's really cool. Uh, honestly, I'm looking at this beach they're at, and good God, do I want to go to this beach? <laughs> that looks so
2: comfy. I would just lay there. It, honestly, it, it reminds me of just like a bunch of places up here in the PNW. Like, just yeah. that's kind of how they, they tend to look sometimes, depending yeah. on the spot. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: But yeah, um, just how oh, beautiful. Anyways, so they're there, and then a group of them decide to go into town. And they're talking about, wow, this place is really abandoned. And they go into town, and once again, <laughs> Stitch steals the entire book. Yes. As always. Um, so basically, there's, the town appears abandoned, and Stitch uses their magic to make them into the Scooby-Doo bunch. <laughs> Including making Chupacabra shaggy, by the way. Yes. Which I was like... <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. But um, basically, they're they're just trying to investigate what's happening. They're like, get out, and then what? Well, Chibacabra is Scooby, right? Because do gr- What I say? Y- what I say? Uh, Shaggy. Oh, I meant Scooby. My bad. Sorry. Um. Uh. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, a lynch mob shows up, and it's just like, "You're kind ain't welcome here." And I think that's cool. Um, I have to ask you: Are you open to that page with the lynch mob? Uh, yeah. This page right here. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a dude in the right or a woman maybe up in the right corner what does do you think their shirt says because it
2: looks like it says only jack off <laughs> <laughs> or because it's like we don't get to see like the jades actually insinuate, anyway but yeah. maybe we're also maybe <laughs> just to add because like only jack off doesn't really make sense i'm really i'm wondering if we're also blocking the eye after only <laughs> and that would just complete the shirt but at the same time like dude what the fuck are you wearing <laughs> I desperately want a shirt that just says only Jack off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure it's back off. I don't think it's going to be only. It's got to be a different word there. So we'll see. Um, But yeah, basically, long story short, they attack and um, they kidnap Gorilla Greg. Also, Mm -hmm. Chupacabra Mm -hmm. calls Stitch Dollface. Yep. and Stitch says, "I smell a subplot." I smell a subplot. <laughs> yes, that was so cute. <laughs> yeah, and then they go to find uh, they go to find Gorilla Greg. They do the let's split up thing, <laughs> and of course, um, Stitch and Chip Copper end up together. Yes, uh, they're running around. They're investigating. Both groups end up coming to the same place in the end, and they all get knocked down. Stitch or Super lands on top of Stitch. And he goes, uh, and Stitch goes, um, subplot?
0: Subplot? <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: I love it. It's so much fun. And in the end, we find out that the people who kidnapped them are being most likely being controlled by Gorilla Grodd. Because he is a psychic, you know, can mm-hmm. control people. So, who is Gorilla Gr- 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 Greg's uncle. Yeah. So, uh, this is going to be one of those rare things that's actually going to be a true two-parter for Teen Titans Academy. Yeah because most of it's one shots so i'm curious to see where that goes it's been fun lots of character development i think they're doing a good job with such a large cast of slowly giving us bits with each one yes so like we're starting to remember characters
2: we're starting to you know starting to see connections between them things like that right, exactly and our, 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 at this point actually making relationships out of them or our potential relationships like with stitch and chupacabra which is just again super fucking adorable
1: yeah exactly so yeah, but really, really enjoyable. I'm, I'm, I'm dicking it. It's one of my favorite DC books. So, yeah, but I'm a sucker for a super powered teen high school man. Mm-hmm. I'll take it in any form. I don't care. <laughs> so, um, all right. Now we're going to go ahead and move on to our final publisher, and that is Marvel.
2: Yes, where are we start. We starting? have a very unique Marvel week because
1: Hostway yeah. doesn't have a single solo book. Oh yeah, and we share all but two books. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of us discussing back and forth. But I will start with my solos as always. Star Wars: The High Republic. Mm-hmm. I almost picked up the variant cover for this because it had Skier, and I usually tend towards variants. But cover A has my girl looking yeah, bad ass. That is really cool. So yeah, uh, in this, this is post the uh, the fight with the 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 um, Drengar, the 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 plant people. They finished off, but it was all a cover for the Nahil. Which is also in the Higher Public Adventures. They're kind of like vaguely crossing over with each other. And long story short, we see a ship, like an independent ship, getting attacked by the Jedi. And who's behind who's the captain but our girl, Keith uh-huh. Trennis? Yeah. Looking like a badass with one of the two twins, right? Right. right. What this is, is this is her posing as a bad guy. To go undercover with the Nahil. And to prove it. She blows up one of the Jedi's ships. That's being remote controlled. Uh. No one knows it. So she basically proves it. And she has to go undercover. And there's a lot of like. um, You know when you're undercover. This is what you're going to have to do. And things like that. And so they tell her like. This is the war band you're a part of. And all this stuff. And one of them says you'll be tested. Uh, The only way you'll gain your trust. The only way. And she just immediately takes the dude down and like insults him and is like what do you think and this is going to answer your question and they're like alright you're one of us but in the end they say uh, to prove yourself bring the prisoner in if you are who you say you are you'll do as you're told and split this stinking hut's skull in two oh shit so she's got to like kill a hut yeah. to prove that she's one of them So, uh-uh. yeah and it's a hut that she knows from the war that they just had so yeah, really interesting book. Damn, I love nice. this book. Uh it's just been such a great book. So written by Kevin Scott, I forgot the grave team. Art by andito Color by Rochelle Rosenberg. Inked by Mark Morales, Victor Olazaba, Sean Parsons, and Mark Daring, and Letter by Ariana Mayer. And then my last DC, or my last Marvel solo book is Web of Spider-Man number four of five. It Ooh, okay. Me. So written by Kevin Shinnick. Art by Alberto Albuquerque colored by Rochelle Rosenberg and letter by Travis Lanham. You might remember the team, the genius team made it to Paris and they were in the Amadeus show. Yeah. Who's basically there on Tony Stark's behalf to yell at them. <laughs> <laughs> and he does. He's like, one of you, like uh, one of you is basically doing this. Like you're behind it. And they're like, no idiot. and, he thinks it's the real Green Goblin. And they're like, no, it's clearly a virtual Green, green Goblin of some kind. <laughs> and they kind of have to use, again, their brains to do it. So that's the whole, the whole idea behind this book, is that in the end they have to use their brains. Um, and half of them go into virtual reality to fight the virus from within the computer, and the other half stay out and fight. The half that stay out and fight are, um, of course, Squirrel Girl,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: Peter, which, keep in mind, None of them know that he is Spider-Man.
2: Oh, ooh, okay.
1: So he can't be Spider-Man, and and Amadeus, of course. So it's the, the big heavy hitters. The three without powers are the ones that go into virtual reality. They're fighting this robot Green Goblin while they're while they're hacking it. They basically give the virus a virus. It's pretty funny, and they they uh, they defeat the Green Goblin, and they find out who's behind all of it. And in the end, it's Mendel Strom, and that's ah, he's off.
2: okay. So this fucking guy
1: (laughs) only one issue left so it's been fun it's a nice fun introductory thing um kind of reminds me of like educational shows for kids that are actually fun yeah so yeah all right now we're getting to get into the best of the best oh boy
0: great Uh, week
2: great fucking week on
1: marvel we have five issues left of marvel but man these issues oh six
0: no it is Uh, five no six.
2: What do you have? Wait, Demon Days, Dark Ages, Sinister, Wiccan and Hulkling on the two Xboxes. Oh, I didn't. I didn't put. Um, I didn't put Sinister on the list. Oh, okay. That's why I missed. Okay,
1: I'll have to add that. Okay, but we're gonna start with Wiccan and Hulkling, then last Annihilation.
2: Oh, Okay. Uh, so I went with this cover. The variant. Oh, bro, they look so gay to each other, and I, I loved love that it. so I had to get it.
1: Yeah. Written by Anthony Oliveira. Drawn by Jean Bazadour, Uh colored by Rochelle Rosenberg, lettered by Ariana Mayer. So, as we know, Billy and Tommy—or not Tommy—that'd <laughs> be odd because they're both, uh, <laughs> Billy and Teddy. Teddy <laughs> are, on, are on different planets, fighting for the Scroll and Korean Empire, the Unified Empire. And I like this because it is a really good addition to *The Last Annihilation*, which I've been reading. Mm-hmm. It's not a throwaway story. Sometimes these one of shots can be like, this doesn't matter. Yeah. But there was a purpose to this one. And specifically, we know that Teddy's sword was destroyed. Mm-hmm. And this issue is about Wiccan trying to fix it. Uh, I absolutely love that Avalanche gets called in and immediately fucks up. <laughs> like, and so he's like, yeah, if anyone asks, my name is Richter.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's really funny. Um, and basically, in the end, they're both hopeless they're both in a bad situation interspersed in this it's flashbacks to how they first met
0: mm-hmm. which
1: was fucking cute <sighs> by the
0: <way>. so good
1: <laughs> the part that really got to me was when billy was talking to teddy's mom
2: yes because and of
1: what happens to her in the end
2: oh i know she right him, yeah you know, and like
1: she's been protecting her entire life it's not her kid but it is her kid you know and she's like, You 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 seem like a good kid, and all this. And she's like, Take care of him. And I'm like, Oh my
2: God. Off the bat, she just knows. <laughs> the, the, the look she gives him It's just so cute. Yeah. So Billy gets teased for being gay. Teddy's not openly gay, at least at first, it
1: seems like. But he also doesn't keep a secret of it. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like he's denying it. He's not a closeted jock, you know, which just apparently didn't come up. But he, and basically, they both reveal they have powers at the same time and they kiss, and it's cute, and it's adorable, and everything is great. But one of the best things ever, I just absolutely loved this. The original Captain Marvel had the negabands that were like his the source of his power. <laughs> yes. These bracelets. And they actually used them to destroy the Kree homeland. They sabotaged them, and they blew up and destroyed the Kree homeland. And whenever Captain Marvel and Rick Jones, who both wore the negabands, they You know, touch them and then they'd switch places. Mm -hmm. Well, they found what's left of the Negabands, and Teddy went to yeah. Teddy went to Asgard, had them recast it for Asgardian, which is Wiccan's name, the hero of the Siege, and now he holds out two rings. These are what's left of Captain Marvel's legacy. (laughs) All I have of them, and they have two rings made from the Negabands that allows them to swap places
2: and now as little wedding bands like uh just perfect it's so good dude i was like this is fucking beautiful like i was just like this is such great storytelling it's cool because like, yeah, because like doric is just like fucking like explaining everything puts his fist up but i love billy's face like his serious face when he's ri- when he's raising his fist yeah. with, with the ring so good like he's not fucking around
1: <laughs> And they're able to switch places, which allows them to do their thing. Because Wiccan fixes the sword, but Wiccan's not going to use the sword. Hulkling is. Yep. They switch places. Hulkling gets the sword. He's like, hey, Dormammu, it's a magic sword. (laughs) Stab, 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 basically. So they're able to fix each other's problems. And then I really love that the book ends right at the beginning of Young Avengers. Young Avengers, yes. Which was so cool. I really dug this. I'm going to have Liz read this because she loves Young Avengers. Oh, nice. Yeah. I loved this. This is a... This is how you do a tie-in. Yeah. It uh, mattered, but it wasn't... It's not imperative. mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it mattered, and it was totally worth it on its own. So, We only have two bits of Last Annihilation left. Last Annihilation, Wakanda, and Guardians of Galaxy 18. Yeah. So, I'm excited. Which is good. I'm glad it's not too big, because we have the Darkhold saga coming up.
2: That's true.
1: I'm going to get all that. (laughs) All right. Next up is Dark Ages. Dark Age is number one.
2: <sighs> okay, this <Ugh>. way? What <laughs> yes. cover did you get? Uh, Discover A. Let me see. I almost, I almost wanted that one. I did. I do want that one. It's I, so fucking cute. It's so adorable. <laughs> In a dark way, it's great. All right,
1: here we go. Written by Tom Taylor, drawn by Ivan Quello, uh, colored by Brian Reaver and lettered by Joe Sabino. We should tell you this is an alternate
2: reality story. It's not the mainline Marvel universe. I didn't know that. Oh, that, that's what made it so cool for me. Like, I mean, obviously, off the bat, it, it it's very apparent that it is a what if, and that's why I was like, okay fucking cool let, let, let's go at it nothing matters here it's just gonna be a dope story because we haven't we haven't gotten one of these in a while like a cool like side what if story that doesn't have to really pertain to like the main continuity but it was just, like a fun little teller at least like yeah. not one with like this kind of scale this like this first issue reminded me of like the first time like you read uh marvel zombies like it yeah, was it was just such a cool scale it was like borderline scary and like there were fucking stakes. So I mean, we got we got heroes
1: reborn, but that was different, and, and it's, that was kind of tied to the real reality. It, yeah. Part. So yeah, I get what you're saying, though. Um. So it opens up, and yeah, they tell you straight up right away that it's not the mainline MCU because May Parker, yep, Mayday Parker, that is, yes, the ba- the baby <laughs> is is there.
2: So we know it's not the mainline universe right away, and also Peter's is hanging out with Luke and uh, and Jessica, which almost never happens anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I wish that would happen more. I like I like the street level New York heroes hanging out.
1: Yeah, every time. Yeah. So basically, May's on the on the on the ceiling. She's a little little kid <laughs> at this point. Um, and then something's coming, and the spiders felt it first, which is a great line, by the way. That was like such a great dialogue or, or like interior dialogue story. All the spider people, all their um, spider senses are going crazy, including little baby May, who's crying and is sad. Luna. Uh, moon girl that is is uh, Lunella sorry Um, yeah Lafayette she's the smartest person on the planet so she sees something's happening and she races to go talk to the second smartest person on the planet Reed Richards Uh, we get a lot of stuff going on in this one the mutants are reacting and it's very clear they're not on Krakoa yeah so I thought that was another instance like this is clearly another reality you know Um, Apocalypse is not with them he's obviously a bad guy in this yeah that Long story short, the Watcher shows up, and is like, yo, the world's ending. The Earth has ours. And he's like, there's a robot in the Earth. Living Tribunal turned it off. <laughs> it's been turned back on. It's going to destroy the Earth. And they, and they do this quick expository stuff to just get to the point, which I loved. It's mm-hmm. like, let's not drag it. And they're like, okay, so we assembled a strike team. And I love the reasons for these characters. <laughs> the Vision, a living machine to fight a living machine. Yep. The Scarlet Witch, a shaper of reality to fight against a being who could unmake it. Dr. Strange, the sorcerer, Supreme to fight the pinnacle of technology. They Invisible a woman to protect him from the heat of the Earth's core and the thing, in case anything could be solved by hitting it really hard. Yeah. Love it. For the spoilers, no. <laughs> that didn't help. <laughs> uh, they get down there and they fight the robot and it's fucking gigantic and looks cool as shit. Yeah. It's, 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 it's essentially Marvel. That's a Marvel design. Oh, yeah. That's what so many characters in Marvel look like, like Strife and nimrod it's like strife and and a a celestial have just fucking had a baby yeah basically (laughs) we also get cutaways to places like uh wakanda wakanda so uh
2: canada i like that i like how wakanda was fine because they're on a foundation of vibranium so i really wouldn't shake up there but everywhere else gets really fucked
1: the real sad one
2: was yeah namor watches hopelessly
1: as atlantis is swallowed by the earth they can't do anything about it still rocking the sleeves though which is great <laughs> yeah we get to see team-ups like the x-men the avengers the runaways yes and the champions which was cool then we go to the fight in the core and the thing
2: is vaporized immediately <sighs> like literally like, like days of futures like wolverine days of we just passed vaporized yeah that's almost a shot for shot exact look of that yeah right that.
1: <laughs> and of course uh you know, Sue's watching this. She's doing the bubble. Scarlet Witch attempts to reshape reality. But start, wait, despite still waking to its full powers, the Unmaker simply unmade everything she tried to do. Yeah. And then unmade Wanda. Oh,
2: right in front of
1: Vision. <laughs> Vision loses his shit, flies into the robot's head, buys them a few seconds. Um, It doesn't actually say what happens to Vision, does it? No, it, it could still just be there. Hmm. Um... So Invisible Woman keeps her shield up and Doctor Strange in desperation reaches out to other realities. He opens a portal to a dimension where no electricity could function. <laughs> an electromagnetic... This is such a... Uh, this is such a convoluted... Dude! But amazing way to get to where we're going. Like, giant robot can only be defeated by an electromagnetic pulse. Let's find a, a, a world that is only an electromagnetic <laughs> pulse. Such a ridiculous way to get to it, but it's so funny to me that they're just like... Let's just get where we need to go. We know what we want it. What story we want to tell. Yeah. Let's just get there somehow. (laughs) And I love that. Um, and boom, electromagnetic pulse hits, uh, and it starts wrecking the robot. It takes one last lash out stabs. Dr. Strange who portals Sue storm away. So yes, the only survivor of that group is Sue storm, uh, presuming the vision's dead. Um, Sue Storm is overpowered, and I've said it before. (laughs) So, um, So she gets teleported away. Because Strange dies, the portal never closes. Yeah. And there's a constant EMP growing and growing and growing, and all electricity around the world fails.
2: And I love, love the different ways they realized how this would impact. Things. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, uh, every single panel was giving me chills after chills. Like, no, like the helicarrier just dropping out of the sky. Two panels after that.
0: Yeah.
1: And then the, the switches, the fucking Iron, switches. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll get there. Iron Man suit, just stopping. Um, Ant-Man can no longer grow or shrink and he's stuck big. It looks like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, he's, he's still a human body. Like, Again like the whole thing like like does anybody need have any orange slices? It takes a toll on a man. I right, he's yeah. going to be done. Yeah.
1: Uh pacemakers? Normal yeah. people pacemakers. And then we see Viv Vision just says artificial life. Yeah. And she's laying there. And then we get web shooters. Oof. Where where Peter's web shooters give out. He finds the he finds their apartment building back. Luke and Jessica are there and they're like, you know, your family, MJ, you know, Aunt May, and they're all in there. Yeah, uh, well, uh, you know, I think it's Aunt, okay. It says May, which would be the daughter, but I think Aunt May's in that picture, or they just put a random old lady next to them. So we'll talk about this. <laughs> You're right. But basically, Spider Man's like, they're dead. They're dead. This building fucking fell on them, and then a rock lifts up, lifts up, and little baby May Parker <laughs> is fucking pressing this gigantic stone like, like
2: she, <laughs> she had her own asm moment like the, the or it was like spider-man homecoming moment like lifting the rubble as yeah. such a tender young infant age amazing literally amazing <laughs> yeah so that happens mary jane's okay and then we cut
1: to peter with some gray around his temples very mr fantastic style yeah it says seven years ago the world we knew was <sighs> and we built another world a world to be proud of but years after the light so out after the end came the apocalypse yeah and we can speculate if you want. Oh, we can just definitely tell who these. But are. But that's that is definitely a venom of
2: some sort. A venom, Miles. Is it Miles? I didn't it's, see a it's, it's definitely. I mean, it's a suit. Like the way oh, the I... the way the reds come down like over his shoulders, like yeah. all the black and like the, the specific reds on the black. That's Miles. Yeah, the steampunk Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's Scar, the Hulk's son. I mean, I, I, also the scar. I mean, the scar has never really worn those. Like the, also, like white and purple. I mean, white and purple te- can change. There's a, there's a steampunk Iron Man. White and purple. So... T- I mean, white and purple tends to be uh, Jen's colors. G-mo? Yeah, but it looks like a dude. <sighs> we'll see.
1: Yeah, and that's definitely Beast. Oh yeah, obviously. And then the other two, I think, are just Reavers. Maybe didn't we get like that's actually Frenzy? Like, oh no, no, never mind. Well, it looks like Lady Death. Lady Death Strike, yeah. Pause, but but Lady Death strikes not d- darker skinned. Mhm. So maybe it's, you know, obviously he could have just created
2: something. That could be f- forge? Oh, in the back, I mean, I, I was I, I yes, think that's actually got, did, Reed okay. didn't die. I thought that was Reed. Like No, like, no,
1: but they got they got goggles on. That's a forge thing. Like on their forehead.
2: Yeah, but and just, I don't it doesn't look like Reed to me. The extra the elongated Although fingers. Although they are stretching.
1: The elongated stretching. fingers. I was just thinking because they're both like they're right next to another person, elongated fingers.
2: I know they never draw. I not really put that together. I know they never draw Forge like that Native American, but this guy looks a little too white to be to be Forge yeah. as well. And that's what I'm thinking yeah. of Reed after maybe like the thing dying and then whatever Sue came oh, back I'm with. I'm
1: looking at the cover for the next issue, and that's definitely Miles. You're right.
2: Oh it's yeah, Masco's yeah.
1: There. So, but yeah, dude, this is a cool setup. Oh yeah, dude. I Ticked fucking off with of a bang. I it's loved just, it so good i know i read it first and i messaged you like did
2: you get it and you're like i'm like have you read it and you're like no and i'm like fucking read it now.
0: <laughs> like, it's so good it was straight just up your so
2: audience. fun it was just so fun i haven't had a good feel i haven't had like a good myself feel book uh, from marvel that just wasn't in continuity or an event book that just god give me these cool feels like marvel being cool <laughs> and just embraces i remember
1: tom taylor was tweeting somebody's like uh, are you going to kill a major character in like being all sarcastic, are you can kill a major character in dark ages. He's like, it's cute. You think I'm going to kill one? <laughs> <laughs> so, Love it. Yeah. So yeah. Fuck. Yeah, dude. So good. All right. From the beginning of a crossover to the end of a crossover, <sighs> sinister war. Number four. Damn. You know, I went with this one.
2: That's a cool one. Yeah. It just seemed to have the most of all the villains. I was just like, I think, I think that's supposed to be part of like the, the full connecting. Yeah, variant yeah. so to get to get all the variants uh, all, all the villains that's true i didn't even think about that all right written by ed brisson and
1: nick spencer and this is spencer's swan song right to the event oh, he still has he do, two more issues the next the the the, the wedding yeah. yeah he still has two it's asm good. issues pencil by mark bagley and dio neves and Marcelo ferrera inked by andrew hennessy andy owens dio neves and Marcelo ferrera Colorist by Brian Reber and Andrew Crossley, and letter by Joe Caramagna. So Peter's getting attacked by 37 villains. And when we last saw Boomerang, Boomerang tricked the other villains into thinking Spidey got away. You're looking at me directly in the camera because <laughs> yeah. you know what's coming. I was right. Uh, so, um, so he tricked them and he got away. Long story short, he's about to get away. Um, he fights Sin Eater. He blows off Sin Eater's hands, which is hilarious. <laughs> I love that. He's like, oh, he's, he's undead, so fuck his hands. I don't have to go full morals here. <laughs> yeah, all these
2: villains are fighting him. And Morlin yes. gets his hands. Morlin, of all people. I can't believe I was an idiot. Last time we were thinking, I was like, oh, is that uh, Morbius? Is like, oh, my God. I know, God. right? I felt like I've never read a comic before in my life. I know. And then they even like, give me like the, the number. is like, oh, my God. And it's like, I fucking love the other which is like the the whole fucking Moreland event over for like, for uh, Straczynski. And I, I feel like, I was reading it as like, I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah. So Moreland gets a hold of Peter and he starts draining his life.
1: And Boomerang jumps in. Saves Peter. He says, Spider-Man, please run. <laughs> and Moreland drains the life from Boomerang. Boomerang dies to save Peter. Oh, <laughs> That's an arc right there. Yeah. And then, of course, Peter, instead of running away, actually gets angry and starts fighting. As he would. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you killed him. And he kind of comes to the grips of like, you know, we, I'm not running away. I can't run away at this point. Mm-hmm. And then we see that Boomerang's team finds him dead. And it's like, why would he do that? Because none of this is right. No matter what happens, we're all going to die. He just chose to die in his own terms. Yeah. And then boomerangs sinister six turns on the others and starts helping peter and i got like a legit like swell of like fuck yeah like because his team is a lot of the villains i genuinely like Mm -hmm. so like hydroman is basically a good guy for all intents and purposes Uh Usually, you know like and shocker shocker's great he's a classic yeah yeah Yeah, so i was just kind of like yeah they're helping him but it comes down to peter and doc ock and then doc ock does something Says this farce ends now, set something off. And all the little fucking centipedes that Kindred was using to control the others by basically saying, I'll kill you if you don't do this. Doc Ock is like, No one controls Doc Ock (laughs) and shuts them all off. And now they're all unconscious except for Doc Ock. And he's like, Listen. These people still want to kill you. You should probably get the fuck out of <laughs> And so Peter leaves. And we get the cut back to Mephisto and Strange to kind of wrap up the story, being like, oh, he survived this one. Perhaps you should celebrate the small victories. I have a feeling a big loss is imminent. So this is one of two things. Is Aunt May going to die again?
2: Well, she didn't last time. That was a thing.
1: That's, I mean, but we know what's coming. I just I don't want MJ to die. No, I don't think MJ's going to die.
2: That, I, mean, it's, I was feeling that. I was feeling that, and then I read Dark Ages. But because we got that bait and switch, I feel like now it's going to happen in continuity instead. Did you see the cover of that issue coming up? They'll have their wedding, stuff, they're not going to fucking kill her. <laughs> <laughs> like that would be fucking. Well, at the very least, be, I'm pretty sure, sure they're not going to
1: marry them. Probably now, just to keep. Oh, well, I bet single. they will. It's just for them to be together. Aunt May has to be dead. That yeah was the deal.
2: That'll be the major loss. So. But I think it's a
1: bait and switch because it's Mephisto talking to Doctor Strange. And what big crossover do we have coming up? The death of Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh shit. I think it's Doctor Strange's death. Mephisto
2: talking about. Ooh. I think that's the bait and switch. But not in not in the Strange book. What do you mean? Like like have him die in a Spider book and not in his book? No, I think they're teasing us. Oh okay. Oh I Mephisto, see. Mephisto, he's the devil. He's you know? okay. Like, he, oh, oh, he's teasing a different book. I see. Yeah, yeah. I get, yeah. I get when they do that. So
1: yeah, but yeah, really cool. I liked I like how this ended up. Um, it was cool seeing all the villains. Yeah, boomerang, <laughs> man,
2: a boy to the end. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got. It, God, I hate to say it, but yeah, it was fun when he was rolling around with Peter. Those are some fun bro times. It, even though I was keeping our arms length, and then when he betrayed us, <laughs> and I was just like, "You fuck." <laughs> and then damn it did actually really did feel for him he was just an asshole like the the superior foes of spider-man fantastic underrated book that dealt with boomerang he was it was kind of him running that team he just hated him it was just he just sucks and for nick spencer to actually actually turn him around and be fucking like just one of the guys like fucking a it's funny because he betrayed peter
1: to save his own life yes but in the end he gave his life for peter right i mean like ever since he did, did he that know, did he know like this whole crossover was coming and oof. he knew he needed to be in the right place to help peter
2: maybe that was his plan all i mean long. i ever since he did it ever since we uh, and we would touch back with him it was you can just see that it was just like hanging over him so it, just, it was just like the product his thing was like this is like my one, my one shot at redemption. I just thought uh, like the guilt was really fucking getting to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Like for like a, a sweet four issues or like another, I guess eight issues with like the ASM tie-ins going back and forth. Uh, but this one was really fun. Like this event was really fun. It reminded me of uh his, his first event back in the uh, hunted when he got just like the, the animal base or when Craven uh, got the animal based uh, villains in central park and he was doing his, Hunting, of, uh, this fucking sport. So the, the the craziness of that like reminded me, like back at this one too.
1: Yeah, definitely. Really, really cool. Dug it. All right. Next up, something we've been waiting a little while for. Yeah. Demon Days, Cursed Web. So I did get, of course, get
2: this cover. <sighs>
1: yeah. But I, didn't I also see got it.
2: this cover. Oh wow! I did not see any variants for this book. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Uh, I didn't even get the A in this <laughs> case. <laughs> so, which I should have because it was great. But, um, story and art by Peach Momoko. Uh, English adaptation and dialogue by Zach Davison and letter by Ariana Mayer. Um, so, we're continuing the Mariko Yoshida story. I love that we're getting a Mariko Yoshida alternate universe story. Yeah. Like, what, what Mad Lib did they do to get that? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, Mariko Yoshida of all people. But it's so dope. It's just this awesome like fairy tale with all these Japanese bits and with Oni and vengeance and but they're using Marvel characters um, in this case two of the bad guys are Mystique and Sabretooth mm-hmm. uh, we see Logan the wolf yeah again which, yeah again which I love Logan the wolf he's fantastic um, and basically yeah Mariko's trying to find you know her, rea- her 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 real if you will and she's trying to er, and the um the evil oni's trying to to capture her and she sends the two of them and Sabretooth ends up getting killed and we also get a really creepy cut to black widow being hung up that was creepy yeah that was definitely different um and we see Halbo who's like a little baby and it's like she's not for eating and I'm like, what the fuck's with that baby? <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> like, what the fuck's happening here? Um, but yeah, it's just kind of a cool crossover. I, um, and Mystique transforms herself into Black Widow to try to trick her. It was just a lot of fun, and they end up fighting. Mystique ends up losing an
2: arm, which was dope. <laughs> so cool. Well, I, I like that part with the yo yo, like the, the the venom on the string mm-hmm. to actually get to her. That was that was really cool. Yeah, but in the end
1: in the end the only thing that
2: matters
1: (laughs) is we got a second chibi storm in two weeks (laughs) i don't know i didn't know i needed a chibi storm but goddamn, do i have two of them and i love them
2: (laughs) absolutely now i just need this like team up of just these two just like alternate versions of meeting up and of course thor looking badass these like it seems like they're actually good guys like they're undercover, right? I'm, I'm really curious about them. They have these like thunderclapping onis onies are just like they look so fucking cool, especially for like the cover like at the end, like for like the next one. Oh yeah, they look so cool. Like I, I like how Storm just looks older in this one, so I'm wondering if she's like kind of a shapeshifter, like type of deity. But the Thor with the mask like looks so, so cool. Like ah, uh, love it. <laughs> yeah, it's so sick. What is it? oh Rising Storm is the next one. I love it. Love. I love these That's names. So cool.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so good. Really enjoying that. And that leads us to our X-Men books.
2: Oh, God. How are we doing this? I
1: picked these in a specific order. Okay. And I'm going with Hellions first.
2: Yeah, we're doing this
1: in the actual order. <laughs> yeah. Hellions 15. Uh, it was tough, actually, deciding which one to do first. this Because <laughs> I was like, I really like both these books. But uh, written by Zeb Wells, drawn by Roger Antonio, colored by Rain Burrito, and letter by Arana Mayer. And to be honest, because I know what's coming in New Mutants, we're going to address Scout. That's why I saved it for last. Oh, okay. To read it, too, even. Yeah. So, I got this variant cover. Ah, oh, sick. That is sick as hell. I had to get it. I saw it, and I'm like, I'm getting that right now. So It almost looks like Stephanie Hans. Is it? It is. Oh, okay. It is Stephanie Hans. Yeah, they got the little SH. Oh, that's right. Yeah, those are the credit, so, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I love it. It's beautiful. Okay, so we're following up on The two Sinisters, and... God, Sinister's the fucking word. (laughs) Um, So, uh, basically, we had um, Tarn the Uncaring show back up. We talked about this in the past, with his little version of the Hellions. Yeah. And Sinister and his version of the Hellions. And he reveals, hey, Sinister left you to die. And they are like, fuck. And then immediately... Sinister summons a bunch of clones of himself and then bombs the fuck out of it. <laughs> um, Sinister and Sinister are out looking at like their, the cloning thing while the while X or the Hellions deals with what's going on, and they find out that Betsy knew what was going on and that Sinister's been, um, been uh, the, the, what's the word blackmailing her mm-hmm. with her daughter. Uh, we also started to get some like teases about amino fetus. Oh, fuck. And about how he is terrifying. Oh, my God. (laughs) But before we get to that, uh, Gray Crow is incredible. Oh. He takes his gun out and then removes a bunch of parts from his mechanical leg and stuff and builds it into a gigantic fucking gun and just starts blasting them. And it's so sick looking. And I love the bit like (laughs) basically Amino Fetus. The whole thing is he can't eat. Is what we've been told. Yeah if he eats the infants come the enders of all they do not feed on life but the strands of time yeah and so the universe finds annihilation and so while this is happening it's like great crow is killing everybody and amino fetus is eating and to the point that tarn who is confronting the sinisters says fuck this and goes back and is like stop you'll bring oblivious to us all and goes, see my face, see the crazy fuck who doesn't care. Like, it's like, yeah, it's so good, dude. And, God. All of a sudden, Amino Fetus just starts spawning little infants and it's fucking horrifying. <laughs> the best part was Nanny is saying that man is a terrible father. <laughs> Nanny keeps stealing the show and it's fucking Nanny. Like, <laughs> I still can't believe it. Remember when this book was announced and I'm like, Nanny, I'm like, really? I Why? remember
0: that character, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then we get, and then, and then also, like, we had like, and, okay, well, so Orphan Maker, too, but now we're just like, Orphan Maker is like one of the strongest things inside that husk. Why? And now we're like, actually scared of him,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And in the end, we discover what the Sinisters made was a chimera that's yeah. the future of mutants, uh huh, Sinister with the power of God. Who looks awful like Tarn, by the way. Um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and then that's when the group finds out that he has Psylocke's son. That's what he's been keeping. Mm-hmm. And I love this because Psylocke's like, please, John, don't. He's like, stop. You don't even have to ask. Like, he's like, oh, I get it. You know? I like it because he's a bad guy, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's like, I get it. I've done the same thing. Like, it's not going to be some torturous forgive me moment.
2: Or he's still not like, nah, I'm pissed. Like, fuck that.
0: Yeah.
1: So, they're about to hatch it, and Empath takes control of Havoc and basically makes him go out of control. Empath whispers in in Sinister's ear, Emma says hello. Oh, Havoc explodes, destroys everything.
0: (laughs) Oh,
2: man. This book is great. (laughs) So, the people who I tend to roll with at my LARP are, for the most part, either chaotic, evil if you will. So, we're pretty much like, back when we were alive, we would say, fuck him, says hello, to a lot of people that we would kill. To the people who who would need to hear it, other than that, we would just blame it on the town over, like the good guys. We would literally mark someone and be like, Citadel says hello. (laughs) Just like, to see if that would actually catch on. So, him saying Emma says hello to Sinister, oh, beautiful. Yeah. Just... So good,
1: and I'm curious to see where this goes. And that appears to be the only copy of Psylocke's daughter's DNA. I it's said a, son earlier. I meant to say yeah, daughter. Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah, right. It's supposed to be. It's like it's not even backed up on Cerebro, which is like, yeah, like Sinister wouldn't fucking would keep so it. So <sighs> fucked up. Are you gonna blame Havoc not knowing that Empath is the one that did it? Oh my god, I know. Or like when they ask me like, what the fuck? And he'll be like, uh like they're not backed up. Yeah. So. It's fucked up. It was such a <laughs> fucked up
0: book. Yeah,
2: Plus amino fetus is doing the the baby thing. <laughs> that was a really I mean, fuck that that the reveal
0: there.
2: Even like we get like the the numbered cycle is like cool. So you have to like throw it in a black hole so it absorbs the black hole, and thus we get it. it starts over. Like the cycle starts over as like as the seed as the em- going to like the embryo and to keep yeah. it as the amino fetus. Like God, that's just terrifying. Dude, I mean for for um, Tarn to be like like, everybody's beneath me, like, I'm the strongest thing and he can fucking prove it to be like, time out, time the fuck out, I will be back, but I gotta, I I fucking had to, just (laughs) shut up, I gotta, I'll be back. (laughs) He was out of there. Yeah. (laughs) It was hilarious.
1: Yeah. All right. And then that brings us to our final book of the week. And that's New Mutants number 21. Ooh. So... Uh, written by Virayala, <laughs> drawn by Rod Reese, and lettered by Travis Lanham with Jokar Magna.
2: God damn this this plot
1: this plot A is just so good. <laughs> <laughs> the Warpath one. Oh god, yeah. So Warpath takes a group of kids onto the moon and he's just like, We're here to clean up space slugs. And they get attacked by the brood, who they apparently have a partnership with, an agreement with, that is, that it just goes out the window apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to that um we also deal with the group the main story is the group with with shadow king and dealing with the fact that scout was killed mm-hmm. and wolf spain being like like basically i want to help you you know i understand where you're coming from and she's having like gaps in her memory and stuff and they find out that wolf spain's the last person to see scout alive um and she's like you know i'm gonna work it out let's see what happens here and they're like hey we're gonna bring we're gonna bring gabby back basically And they're like, oh, are you sure? And so there's actually two versions of Gabby running around. Because no girl's still in the dead body. Oh. They don't address that. So, I
2: mean, I don't know if they just chucked it off the or or, 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 And they're just like carrying, uh, or because Cosmar is carrying no girl, but I guess like actual no girl would be floating herself, right? So is it what? In the brain? Right, the brain. Yeah, I mean, she's got to be there,
1: but she was possessing the body. Yeah. Oh, shit, Okay. Which is kind of fucked up. I think they should put Martha in, like, in a body, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up they don't, so. But, um, yeah, they're dealing with that. We go back to the Brood, and the Brood are, like, actually attacking. Even though Brew is supposed to be in charge. Mm-hmm. And so all these students are like, oh, they're fighting. They work together, and they kill one. Good job. Well, there's a hundred coming. <laughs> it's like, fuck. And right hidden in the middle of this is this interesting little info page. From the five. Oh god, yes. Talking about resurrecting no copies.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's like
1: genetically derivative or genetically identical individuals are not necessarily dupes because twins exist even among humans. Mutants such as Gabby Kinney, Malin Pryor. Yep. Yep. And Evan Sabinur, which is kid yeah. apocalypse. And I totally forgot about him. Mm-hmm. And others in situations like theirs are their own people regardless of genetics. Cibre only Cerebro only recognizes individuals, not tubes, and all of the above are registered and stored in the system as individuals. We formally request that you update the understanding of personhood accordingly as the narrow definition is
2: counter to the point of our work. And fucking boom, council. How about that? Yeah. So I love that if you have to be part of the five, you just have to have excellent penmanship. Everybody's signature <laughs> is just so perfect. <laughs> Egg's name is not like egg. 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 I would expect Egg to be like a little more just not that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am egg. <laughs> like, um but yeah, Gabby comes back to life and she attacks Wolf Spain, she's like, You're the one that killed me
0: mm-hmm.
1: basically. They're trying to figure out what's going on. And first of all, can I just say what a relief it is that Scout's actually back? I was kinda of worried they weren't gonna bring her <laughs> Me back. too. And I've genuinely loved this character since they've been using her, so uh, up on the moon, they defeat the the brood, and then Bruce shows up. He's like, "Great job,
2: guys!" <laughs> this little fuck, this little fucking dude.
1: You're like, "Yeah, well, don't
2: we have an agreement?" He's like, "Oh, those are rebels." I <laughs> <laughs> was actually on my way to tell you to maybe cancel today's trip. <laughs> yeah, and then
1: we get the New Mutants meeting of the four of the original New Mutants that are aren't in space, basically. Yeah, um, except for Magmas not here, but yeah. So. Um, Karma, Mirage, and Magic, and Magic is drinking out of a pot plant, basically. <laughs> like, so she's drinking that much, and she basically is like, "I'll fucking kill Shadow King if you want." <laughs> <laughs> and she's the best. That's when Wolf'sbane shows up, and she reveals something happened. He's doing something to me. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you who, but he killed another mutant because she can't tell him because Gabby, because she doesn't know if they were actually allowed to bring Gabby back yet.
2: Oh, okay. Oh yeah, that's so, right.
1: Yeah. And that's when... And Shadow King's just know, ready. Yeah, Magic or Magic says, you know, it's enough for the soft touch, and then Shadow King's ready. Yeah, come and play. I think we're kind of wrapping up the Shadow King story. Oh, which yeah. Which is good, because he creeps me out a little bit. I don't really like Shadow
2: King. At uh, this point, yeah, I'm definitely sure creeping out. Yeah. I me out. Because I'm, I'm, I wanted, wanted, to give him the benefit of the doubt. Everybody gets a second chance at Gracoa, but yeah, at this point, I'm like, bro, you're fucking done.
1: Not him, no. He's no. the one I've never trusted Jeez. at all, so...
2: But yeah. Anything else to add? Um, I did tweet about it, but I have to, have to have to give it a shout out. What a fantastic fucking book! Four kids walk into a bank. Yes. Wow, I was blown away by it. It was hilarious, I, dude. I was laughing out loud at how hilarious it was, only to be just incredibly heartbroken at the end. I was like, oh, so so good. I, I highly recommend everybody reading like this Black Mass book. Four kids walk into a bank. It's 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 out in a trade. It's, it's been out. So definitely look it out if you need this like wholesome group of kids who plan on robbing a bank and it just doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. And Oh fuck. What was such a strong book? I actually loved it. Yeah. And especially tangentially
1: related it, if you really like reservation dogs, maybe that might be something that appeals to
2: you. Actually. You know what? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely a good, uh, just like to have those two, like in media on hand. Yeah. Uh, but that's written by Matt Rosenberg, by the way, who is one of my favorite comic book writers, and Boss, or and draw, drawn by Boss, who did the uh, Dead Dog's Bite. Yep, exactly. So, um, and that's a Black Mask book too. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah, uh, so definitely
1: check that out. As far as myself, um, I did finish the Crows duology. I yeah, think yeah. I talked about it last week. We were tweeting about uh, it, but yeah, oh, messaging. Book. Yeah, yeah. Um, for setting the Shadow and Bone storyline. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I love every character. It As a writer, I read it, and I was like, the choices were the right choices. Nice. So was not a single choice. I, I thought,
2: no, don't do that. Where you okay? Were you analyze it, like, oh, I would have done this, or that should have been different. Yeah. No, that's cool.
1: And there are stakes. And... Oh, you'll just love every character by the end of it. <laughs> and the, the LGBT representation is amazing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, Jesper, one of the main characters, this is not a big spoiler, but basically, long story short, one character, someone uses uh, their powers to make him look like another character. Okay. It's these two young boys that they look exactly like now. And Jesper is omnisexual, like, completely. And he really likes the boy before he's transformed. Oh. And then he starts to kind of be like, you know, I like you in this form too. Maybe I just like you like you. (laughs) And then so he goes in to talk to the boy and the boy's just sitting at a piano and he's talking to him. The boy looks and smiles and they kiss. And then the boy walks in the room and he realizes he's kissing the original, not the duplicate. So now he has now that one's jealous. Yeah. And there's this like three way relationship where they both want him and he's torn and it's and it's so gay and it's so amazing. A
2: gay little love triangle. That's, that's adorable.
1: <laughs> Cuz yeah, the boy originally he had like like strawberry blonde curls and mm-hmm. you, cute you know sparkly eyes. He was very adorable, very twinky, you know what I mean? <laughs> like and um when he got transformed, he was more like swarthy, more like a, you know, dark skin, dark hair um ah. I I can't remember the exact race it is in that world, but yeah, basically. And so he just sort of started to like him And he, maybe he realized maybe I just like you And it's really cute And there's like five romances in the book And they're all adorable and I love them all And it's just, ah. So I'm going to start the main series soon um, I just was taking a break from it But other than that I haven't really been reading much But that being said Thank you guys so much for joining us here on We Have Issues um, As far as plugs go You can check us out on Elite Media as always At geeklymedia.com As well as at geeklymedia on Twitter you can check me out at WHI Podcast Keith, our producer Liz at WHI Podcast Liz, and Hostway at Hosway Reads Hosway. You can also check out the show itself at WHI Podcast on Twitter. You can check out our other show Jukebox Vertigo, where we build a playlist every week, and you can check that out on at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter as well, as well as on Geek Elite Media with everything else. This next episode that'll be releasing two days after this one is solo projects and we had quite a bit of fun doing it so i'm excited to see what you guys think um other than that I'm trying to think oh that's plugged plug uh jose's twitch
2: oh yes uh, jose's twitch uh jose plays jose yes when i'm not dying twitch. from allergies and twitch isn't being a little clusterfuck right awesome. now yeah i yeah, i'm yes. uh twitch.tv slash jose plays jose <laughs> be be better twitch
0: yes <laughs> be better The hashtag that was yeah
1: Uh, But yeah, thank you so much again for joining us. We truly, truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, We'll see you guys next week for another stack of big comics. And don't forget to always geek out.
0: This concludes our broadcast.